Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. What's up, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers postgame show where in another week, the Carolina Panthers fall again, 29-21 to our division rivals, my most hated team, the Atlanta Falcons. It always hurts uh, so badly when we lose to the Falcons. Another game where the Carolina Panthers um, seemingly played two teams on the field, two teams against uh, two opponents themselves, and uh, this week the Atlanta Falcons. This is after a bye. Mistakes continue to plague Uh, the Carolina Panthers, and another game where Cam Newton finds himself on the bench uh, watching as P.J. Walker comes in and throws interceptions and things uh, just continue to fall apart. A lot of slipping, slipping and sliding and falling all over the place. The Panthers stumbled, fumbled, and bumbled their way to another loss. Cody, last name. Tony Dunn. Matt Rule needs to be fired effective yesterday. And I'm just going to go ahead and lead the podcast off like that because I'm going to be saying it for the next however many hours we go here on the podcast. It is abysmal. We know now, and we have known this for weeks, that Matt Rule is terribly in over his head. He is an incompetent NFL head coach. And the fact that Cam Irving and Dennis Daly continue to get trotted out on the left side of the Carolina Panthers offensive line just to mess everything up, get destroyed on seemingly every play is absolutely unacceptable. But Tony Dunn, let's not lose sight of the prize. We're here for the people. The people who come here for that Panthers therapy session, and you know we're here for them. We're here for the best Panther fans in all of YouTube you know him and love him. I'm talking about Keith 2X, Brad Holt, The Real Zero Chill, Fade to X, John Jenkins, Lance Kubiak, Roosevelt Mongo, Sarah Taylor, Rockhead81, Tony Dunn. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. You can be a part of the show by calling in at 252-228-5098. That is 252-228-5098. Call and leave 
voicemail. You have up to three minutes uh, to let us hear your thoughts. We'll play it on the show and react to it. CK, um, do you feel do you feel the same way as Cody Lashney? Is this uh, I, is this Matt Rule? Is this Matt Fool? That's the I mean, problem. It seems like it's collective at this point, and it's a collective. It's a collective issue, but you know, I said it on Twitter. I said it in the middle of the game. I said it after the Cam Newton fumble, um, where he tripped and fumbled, uh, uh, trying to hand off to Chuba Hubbard. When your motto as a head coach coming into the season is "Don't beat ourselves," and all you have done as a head coach and as a squad has beat yourselves. That falls back on coaching, right? It means that people aren't buying in. They're not picking up what you're putting down. They have beaten themselves on almost every game that they've lost has been, a, yes, they played against incredible, you know, teams, right? But at the same time, they've also, or not incredible teams, they've lost to some really shitty teams, but they've also, like, just beaten themselves with dumb decisions, um, be it from the coaching staff making dumb decisions, be it to the you know players making dumb decisions. I mean, at this point in time, I don't even know why they still bring up that we have the number two passing uh, defense in the league. The only reason we have defense at all. The only reason we have the number two passing defense in the league is because they get a lead and all they have to do is run. Whereas in most <laughs> games, there's a competitive nature to it. Our games have not. Like almost every time that we've lost, it's been because. These guys just continue to run over us and run over us and run over us. Um, it's absolutely a Matt Rule problem. It's a it's a uh, just a, a coaching problem in general. And uh, listen, I'm I'm ready for the change. And I, I like you know Cody might say it needs to happen sooner rather than later at this point in time. Smack that thumbs up button like the Falcons smacked the Carolina Panthers today. Or actually, how we smacked ourselves. Felt like I got beat up by my own mama right on the field today. Uh, so smash that thumbs up button. Um, don't be, don't beat yourselves. Um, good Lord. It's tough. Uh, we got Drew in the house. What's up, my man? What's going on, fellas? I pulled out my Cam Newton jersey today and. Oh, gosh. It was rough. It was rough. You know, I got a box of I stand with Cam t-shirts that just came in the mail. I reprinted. I feel like I'm going to have trouble selling those suckers now. <laughs> I mean, uh, hey, look, can, can we just jump into this? Like, look, I know a lot of people are going to, you know, say bad things about Cam. And once again, Cam was not great, but Cam was not the problem today either. Even on the pick six that happened earlier in the game, Jonathan Vilma, who me and CK are both going to trash for his analyst work today, actually made a good point in that it was just a good defensive play call by Dean Pease to rotate that linebacker back into coverage, slip him across the formation, and Cam just didn't see him there. Cam did not expect him to be there. Unfortunately, it went to the house. And, uh, you know, even that fumble, yeah, that was on Cam. He shouldn't have extended out and tried to to hand the ball off. But, again, it's one of those split-second, you know, trying to make a play, bad moves that ended up being a fumble. And he knew that it was on him. But Cam also made a lot of good timing throws today. And thank God for Cam Newton's ability to scramble. Because every other play, either Cam Irving or Dennis Daly or Pat Elflin, or someone is getting absolutely destroyed en route to the quarterback. We all knew coming into this matchup 
that the Atlanta Falcons had a sorry defensive line. But why is it that they were able to blow up almost all of our pass plays at the end? They were out they were out physicaling us. They were more aggressive. They were tougher on the line of scrimmage. And it's a problem. And that's why we bring it back to Matt Rule. This is malpractice that you refuse to play Brady Christensen as a tackle and get Deontay Brown some reps at playing guard, man. Why is Cam Irving fresh off of IR starting at left tackle when there was never indication this season that he was ever going to be a serviceable left tackle? Oh, but for Matt Rule, it's okay because that's a part of his passion project along with Scott Fitterer to try and prove that their first day free agent signings are worth a damn. They're not. They're not. This is 100% on coaching. And if anyone can't admit that, then they're being blinded by their own Panther fandom. Like, how many times do you need to see the same results over and over at home for us to understand that this is a recipe for disaster? Deontay Brown got one snap at guard today, and that one snap was when Cam fumbled the ball trying to hand it off to Chuba Hubbard, and they brought oh. Cam Irving back in on the next series. Mm. I tell you, this is uh, that Cam interception was on Cam. I mean, that was like, I mean, it was it was just not it's good. It happens. Sure, sure. I mean, like, it sucks. It sucks that uh, you know Cam's going to be judged on such a small sample set. Mm-hmm. Because he was brought in halfway, he's now had um, right. not only trying to get accustomed. He's been out of the league essentially for ten games, and you know for a, most of the season. So you expect some rust in some cases, and then he's joining a team that's not very good that has problems with the offensive line. So he did make a mistake there. He had those two. Um, he hasn't been perfect by any means, but that was a big one. And the momentum changed on that pick six right there. He did stare down that receiver. The receiver opened up really, and I don't know enough technical lingo, but the receiver, I mean, you could tell like everybody just could look at where the ball was going at that point. So it was pretty clear. Uh, let's start with the offense, though, and um, and we'll kind of continue on that Cam Newton discussion. Jeff Nixon takes over for Joe Brady, um, and – the Carolina Panthers offense actually was uh, somewhat productive today. I feel like um, it had more life and continuity to it than I have seen in the past few weeks. And it started on that first drive and our, and arguably maybe something we should have done something more of, which is run cam in this game. And right now we don't have to be worried about protecting cam and his health for the future. Right. That's not our problem as an organization is our problem as organization is not winning. So getting a W would help. But as those uh, run pass options and some run plays and some cam doing what cam does really best and arguably better than anybody in the entire history of football with the with those read option type plays, the Panthers were able to go up seven points. Um, but again, then the Falcons come down and respond. So uh, let's go around the horn and see what you guys thought about Jeff Nixon is taking over at play caller. And holy cow. Oh, 
Oh, Sarah, Sarah. Sarah Taylor. Wow. That, that has Christmas to, bonus. Thank you. Merry that Christmas. Has to, that has to be the biggest donation we've ever gotten, right? That's yeah, a, I think so. Sarah Taylor with the ninety-nine. I think Roosevelt Mungo had the had the yeah the fifty, and, and then Sarah did the ninety-nine, ninety-nine. Look, that's how you know Panther Nation wants Matt Rule out of town, man. Sarah was willing to donate a hundred dollars to tell the world, fire Matt. That fool. And you're That's right, cool. Sarah. You're right. Merry Christmas. All right, let's go with Jeff Nixon. Let's start with the play calling and the the offense today. Um, but you know, what'd you guys think? So I thought he did well. I, you know, I did go too. Ahead, go ahead, I thought Drew. he it was they didn't call a timeout in the first quarter, thank goodness. First series of the game. Cam looked comfortable for the most part. And they moved the ball downfield like a looked like a competent NFL offense. So I didn't have a problem with Jeff Nixon's play calling. I think they got in trouble with, you know, Cam, the um, I believe Pat Elfon stepping on Cam's foot. And as yeah. I said, the interception that Cam threw, it was a good defensive play. Everybody's gonna hammer Cam on that. But last week, nobody hammered Tom Brady when he threw the pick six to the defensive lineman from Atlanta. It was like, oh, Tom Brady threw a pick six. Move on. But Cam throws a pick six, and it's the end of the world. Oh, Cam's a terrible quarterback. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, people need to get off Cam's back. He's first, what? He missed the first 10 games of the season. He comes in. He's learning an offense on the fly. He looked pretty damn good for the most part. He, he doesn't know the two-minute two minute offense, so they brought P.J. in for that, and everybody's like, oh, Cam got benched before the half. Everybody knew if they were running a two-minute offense, PJ was coming in. So what? I mean, yeah. they need to get off Cam's back. The issue is Matt Rule, and yeah. nothing is going to change with this franchise until Matt Rule is fired. Period. I agree. I agree. I think we all do. And by the shout-out to Nirvash for the $20 love bomb right after it, he says, you can stick a fork in this team. They're done. And Tony, that's the sentiment right now. And to continue on to uh, you know what you asked about, but with the offense, I think Jeff Nixon one had a great idea of running an up tempo offense. They were going no huddle to start the game. They were coming out there aggressive, you know, making plays, throwing to the sidelines, and getting the ball downfield. And they utilized Cam Newton's legs very well. Tony, you and I said that. Cam Newton needs to be our primary running back. And in those down and distances on, on second and short and third and short, the Panthers were able to do some good things running Cam Newton. And then again, the fumble and the pick six, you know, that makes me agree with Drew even more. Like, yes, Cam had some boneheaded plays, but overall he did a good job taking care of the football, even on the pick six. It's not like he was throwing into double coverage or something crazy like that. The ball was on time. He, it was just a good play call by Dean Pease. He didn't see the rotating linebacker, and it got intercepted. Um, you know, again, like we're going to do this thing where Cam Newton coming in in the middle of the season, he's slowly but surely learning more and more about the playbook, and then even still, you fire your offensive coordinator, which, by the way, you have to think that Joe Brady is at home feeling vindicated right now, right? 
He's like, oh, I'm the problem with the offense? Well, what about what you just put on the football field? So, I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around, Tony. Um, and, and, you know, I, I have to also continue to put it on Cam Irving and Dennis Daly. Every single time you look over to the left side of the offensive line, these two dudes are getting absolutely destroyed time and time again. And by the way, Matt Rule doesn't run out of chances to give them. He'll give them a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance before he ever puts Brady Christensen in that, posi- in that position just because of his short arms. It's ridiculous, Tony Dunn. This is on coaches, man. CK, your thoughts on the offense today as someone who um, was a, a very uh, early and vocal critic of Joe Brady. How'd you think uh, Jeff Nixon did in his debut? Well, I mean, like you said, I mean, I didn't see enough um, that from a play calling perspective to, I mean, I think he did what he could today, right? I mean, I didn't see, like, they did a, run a screenplay that actually worked for the first time. Um, that was pretty nice to see that. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I, I think there's only so much you can expect from a college, you know, coach that's never really coached in a at this high of a level, um, you know, in his career. Uh, going up against, you know, with really one week of preparation to install his own offense, I don't think he's really done anything different than what they were already doing. Like, that's the thing I think people don't realize is when when they fire an offensive coordinator, the installations from that offensive coordinator don't just, just disappear. It's what this offense knows. They're not going to rewrite the entire playbook. So, I mean, to be fair, I mean, from that perspective, I think he did all he could do uh, with, the fact that he was going to still be running the same plays that were in the playbook that he's been, you know, they've been running pretty much all season. Tony, we have, we have a, a competition going oh. in, in our chat oh. room. In our chat room, we have a competition <laughs> going. Roosevelt Mongo felt, oh my God. felt, he, felt, he, felt he felt disrespected that, that Sarah gave Over him the to most the money. Gosh, so thank Roosevelt, you. Roosevelt Mongo had to come in and hey, you guys are paying for this therapy session, man. We love you. We appreciate you. We never ask for money, but it's always appreciated. C3 Panther Nation, you know we love you, man. Roosevelt, you're the homie. Sarah, you're the homie. We love you. We even got another donation while we're sitting here talking about this donation uh, from Priscilla <laughs> at from Priscilla Addison Crosby who says Matt Rule needs to go and Phil Snow. Cam looks like an absolute fool. His career is over, and I don't know. Wow, that even kind of rhymed at the end. Thanks for Yeah, um, look, is a, for, thank you very much. Merry Christmas to all of you. Um, we appreciate the support and uh, the, the greatest support, and, and I hope this doesn't undermine those donations, is just you guys being here, right, is uh, from the people that come on Fridays, from the people that check out our work on Wednesdays and Thursdays, you guys have uh, been a great part of my life. Uh, this has actually been very important to me and just like my personal self, man, is us getting up here, uh, making good friendships, uh, making and trying to build a good community where we get to share our thoughts, our opinions and our frustrations at this time. So we thank you for your support. You can continue to support the show by calling in at 252-228-5098, as well as smashing the thumbs up button. You guys are fantastic. And let me know. I tell you, this is right away. This show is off to a better start than the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, look, is, uh, I actually know I want to give uh, Jeff Nixon a lot of uh, props today. 
Sure. Uh, I think he deserves uh, a lot of credit for first. As, as, if you guys watched his press conference throughout the week, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Matt rule got fired, if he was named interim head coach, like he uh, was very confident coming in. I mean, not like over, like in his press conference, he didn't look shook. He didn't look like he was all crab. I'm taking over something that's a disaster. And this is going to be, you know, he was very excited about the opportunity, very confident, um, very articulate and uh, I think direct in what he wanted to do. And uh, today's pl- game, um, I would say like, I mean, what are we going to say it's called masterfully, but no, it's like uh, on short notice, developing a relationship with a quarterback that has limited time, um, kind of taking over and, and taking a leadership role of what this offense could be today. The offensive play calling was not in the way. The communication was not in the way today. And on top of that, uh, look, we ended the game with three timeouts. We had all our timeouts. And I think that speaks a little bit to the fact that uh, we hadn't had a bunch of screw ups in, in the the er- throughout the game. Maybe I'm wrong on that because that was the second half where they just ran all over us. But I don't I, I thought that uh, and, I, and for the first time we did see an up tempo. T- is that the first time we've seen up tempo offense for the Carolina Panthers? Maybe in the entire Matt Rule tenure? I can't remember. I mean, I'm sure there's been a moment where we've done it a little bit, but it seemed um, very uh, intentional today. And you know what? Is that like, it's almost like they didn't even know Cam Newton for a long time. Like, that's what he was best at when he was at his best, is like, take the thinking out of the game, take the overcomplication out of the game. And I think we overcomplicate football sometimes. Hat on hat, get to the, you know, put a hat on the hat, get hit the hole and go. See the open man to throw the ball to him. So I, I, I want to applaud Jeff Nixon today for his effort, uh, probably uh, rising the ranks in the coaching staff as the best coach on the team already. Uh, now let's turn our attention to this, is to the defense quickly before we get into the cat calls. We got to do, we'll do defense and we'll also talk about Matt Fool for a moment. Um, the defense, this is one of those games where we get to uh, make the stupid mistake or the stupid excuse that they've been put in tough situations. I don't think so. But they're not that good. They're not that good. And, you know, there was they left three picks, interceptions in the first half out there that could have been a difference maker for us. Um, you know, you know, at least they're playing defense and they're getting to it and they're doing some things there. But, boy, we cannot stop the run. And if I hear anybody all season long, run left, run left. I've heard, I heard them talk about it a million times today. There is no way that we stomp anybody. So let's start the discussion. Did, it, did Derek Brown start today, and how did he play? He, okay, so he did. And I thought early in the game, tell me if you guys agree or disagree, I thought early our defensive line looked pissed. Him and Daquan Jones, I thought they were aggressive. I thought they were getting into the backfield. But, man, then they got tired. And then every single time the Falcons decided to run left, the Panthers did their best Derek Zoolander interpretation. I can't turn left. Okay? They couldn't turn left. They couldn't block anything coming from the left. And the Falcons kept on doing it. We had zero sacks today. 
then uh, early in the game, they were absolutely picking on C.J. Henderson. Uh, I mean, they were just throwing right at him, and you know, a lot of times he just he he. I mean, the 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 he right made a couple of good plays. I feel like today. I mean, he made some good plays, but earlier on in the in that game, it, he just got worked, man. He just got beat. There's no other way about it. Um, and then how about at the very end when the Panthers still have an opportunity to win the football game? It's 29 to 20, I believe, or something like that. It might be 21 to 29. And then the the uh, they put Kyle Pitts in motion, and there was no one on Kyle Pitts. Their best player, and they threw the ball right to him. They convert, and they're able to run out the clock. You're well, I think that was where Jermaine Carter fell down. Didn't oh. he? Jermaine Carter Jr. No, was going was... to make the play. Like, he could have. Like, he was reading it right, and he would have gotten the stop there. And he just slipped and fell. That's Another I mean, example. Either way, I, I, either way, even if he did fall, our linebackers are slow, and they're not very strong. Like they're average athletes playing linebacker, and we expect them to do Luke Kickley, Thomas Davis type of things. Uh, they're they're not those kinds of players. So it, it was bad all the way around. And I think if we if we were going to be so hard on on Joe Brady and Matt Rule, uh, I think Phil Snow is in over his head at this point. I think he has good players, but now when the opposing team needs a big play to stay on the football field, especially if we're at home, they're almost guaranteed to get it. That's the sad part is when, um, and I heard this in the Panthers post-game show, so I don't want to take credit. I thought it was a good comment from, but I don't forget. It wasn't, it's the one where Eugene Robinson does it, like after the game. And uh, said that it feels like every time the other team needs a good, a big play, they get it. And every time the Panthers need a play, they don't get it. Whether it be a third down conversion, a fourth down conversion for us today, just don't get it. Or we need to get a stop. And they, I mean, uh, there was a lot of conversions on third and long today. I remember three specifically. One in the, that one where they challenged it. And I'm surprised they punted the ball. Where you remember where Atlanta threw yeah, that? Uh, yeah, it was Kyle Pitts. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was wondering when they challenged it if it would just be deemed like not a catch. It was close, but that was still right on the line. I mean, like that was a first down pretty much to me. Um, there was like three other plays in this game where you have them in third and longs and they get it. They get to the sticks. And I don't know if that's uh, – it seems like a, do we really have a good defensive front? Does our front generate pressure – when they just get to rush four or do we, is all of our pressure been manufactured and does that cause us problems? I'll let someone go else on this for, I, I have an opinion, but I feel like I've been talking too much. Okay. Jump in. I, I think it's fair to say that I haven't seen. Um, I think that our pressure is all edge. And when it's all edge, that's why game plans have, have been able to just cut straight through the middle with their run game. Like our entire pressure is all associated with Reddick and Brian Burns getting around their tackles, and and there is no I pressure on the head. inside. Um, there is uh, there is an issue. Like obviously, when you blitz, you obviously are getting that. But even when there's when th that's one of the things I have an issue with with this defense is it feels like even when they are 
blitzing, nobody is paying attention. Nobody's playing high IQ football. Like, let's talk about the the time that it was uh, uh it was an a uh, uh, um, um, uh, Mike, um, gosh, can't even remember his last name, Mike Davis. Uh, it was a screen to him, and we just went all out blitz, and nobody even paid attention. Nobody was on the right side of the field, and it was a screen that went for like. Luckily, Jermaine Carter Jr. was able to run from behind. But had that not happened, I mean, like it was just it's 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 blatantly obvious, and I feel like our team can't really play very well against the uh, because they're so focused, they're so athletic that they want to get to the quarterback. They're not paying attention to the fact that maybe they were just let loose for no reason other than to letting the screen go by. It's just it it was it was a problem. I, I personally think that our defense it, defensive line is uh, is all bark no bite, and and it's been that way all year. Yeah, so if I'm going to talk about the the defense, Tony, I think our problem is the interior is okay. I've said before that Derek Brown, you know, I wouldn't have drafted a run-stopping defensive tackle in the top 10, but he's a good player, and he is an important part of our defense. And our, our offensive, I mean, our defensive interior does a good job being able to open up gaps and, you know, get physical and get into the backfield. Our problem is, Tony, we set soft edges from our D-line to the linebackers to the safety. We don't have anyone who sets a physical edge to be able to stop teams from bouncing to the outside. So then uh, it, it just it redirects our defense when you have one glaring hole because then they're going to sell out to stop everything going to the sides and then inevitably that's going to set up plays up the middle. It's going to set up passing opportunities for them to be able to take advantage of. And how about this, man? You know, I, I agree with CK. I'm tired of hearing about this top two defense because why are we so terrible on third down? It's like on third down, right when we have to have a big stop, it, you know, we had a couple stops on third down today, but for the most part, I felt like every time the pan or the Falcons needed to move the football on third down, they were always able to make a play, and Carolina wasn't able to get off the field. I, I really do think our coming. edges are our problem. Go ahead, Drew. I, I have an issue with third on one third down play. Do we know what roughing the passer is at this point? Because Miles Hartsfield hit Matt Ryan, and he yeah. hit him below the neck, hit him in his chest as yeah. he was releasing the ball and they call a rough in the passer. What is he supposed to do at that point? If Matt Ryan had pulled that ball down, then he he let up, Matt Ryan could have taken off with the ball. You're supposed to hit the quarterback if the quarterback has the football. The ball was still being released. He has the right to hit that man. Yes. And that that may have led to some points, too. It did. They got 15 yards. They got the touchdown from uh, Cordell Patterson. But, yeah, that's right. Because um, and, and that was is you don't want to blame. I mean, I don't want to people interpret. Sometimes I feel like when we're on this on on these shows that when we talk about play uh, the refs that we're like blaming or you know kind of like excusing um, the Panthers play because of poor play uh, p- poor calls by the refs. But I think it's reasonable to point out. When those games, when those poor calls do have a significant effect on the game. And that is one of those that like you go from really in our, where are we down? Um, we were down 14, seven at that point or something. What was the score at that point? 
I think that was after the pick six. I'm not 100% sure on that. But the I'll, I'll look it up. I look. I just pulled the game book up. But those that's all of a sudden where you get a stop and maybe create some momentum. And, um, I mean, even almost picking the ball off over there. So it goes from being a great defensive play to a piece of laundry, like really uh, influencing and impacting the game there. Um, so terrible play. You know, I, I thought that was a bad call uh, completely. The Falcons, uh, it felt like they were better than this, but they, they finished seven for 14 on third down. So we weren't, you know, and, and really, do you remember when we were winning games early in the season, how good we were defensively on third down? Like that was one of the yeah. best statistics. Like we had like a historic, we led the league in third down stops. I remember like doing a little research on it and it was just like, wow, we are so good at getting off the field. And what's kind of flipped on that is now we can't get off, get the other offense off the field. And our offense has problems staying on the field. Um, yeah. Final, final discussion for the defense. And then we'll turn to Matt fool real quick and some calls. Um, I know that people are going to point to the scheme, right. As a problem, like why we can't stop the run. Um, and now um, in Carolina and rightfully in their opinion, when we went to a three, four, under Ron Rivera, we continue to struggle mightily against the run. You know, uh, we've had this team has not been good against the run for several years now. Is it scheme? Is it personnel? Is it both? Um, because I feel like you can run a three four in the NFL and not be just atrocious against the run. I feel like we didn't just run all over the Steelers every time we played them, uh, and the Steelers run a three four. John Brown um, ran a 3-4, and our, our run defense was fine. I don't know. Did he? I don't think he did. Yeah, we, we had, one, Kevin, I mean, Kevin Green and Lamar Lathan? Oh, that in the early part? Because we were 4-3 when we had Pep. And, oh, I'm sorry, not John Foss. Dom Capers, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, look, man. And, I and, feel and like here, I, let, me, uh, let me just follow up with this real quick, yeah. uh, Cody. Is, and when I say that, um, is it scheme personnel, both and this and that we also have the decision to try if we need to extend or resign Hassan Reddick. And while he has been the best player on our defense, if our defense isn't that good, I don't even know if it might be worth paying him at this point. If we're not even really that good. Uh, I mean, maybe my, my thing is, is I feel like we're not truly set to run either. We're not we're not properly equipped to be a three four. We're not properly equipped to be a four three. It's like we it, we don't really have the the necessary players on defense, and we all thought that we did. We thought that between Dutur Gross Matos and Marquise Haynes and you know Fox and then Brian Burns, of course, that we would be able to um, set a more physical edge, but it we that. A lot of our younger players are not where we thought they were, which, by the way, I'm at the point where it's like, you know, knowing how our coaches are, I don't even know how much I blame their underdevelopment on them. Like, I don't know that we're seeing that Brian Burns just isn't a dog. I feel like a lot of our players are victims of the coaching staff. I mean, if we're all really finding out that Matt Rule is as trash as we think he is, as a coach and as a talent evaluator, then why would we ever expect him to get the most out of Brian Burns? 
or DJ Moore or CJ Henderson or JC Horn whenever he comes back or any of these offensive players. I, I mean, it, it really has us wondering about what we have on this football team when the, the people that are supposed to be building them up don't seem capable of doing so. And, and that's, that's kind of frightening to me. Um, especially knowing that we don't have much longer with these players. I mean, decisions are going to be have to be made very soon on guys like DJ Moore and Brian Burns. Uh, and before you know it, we're going to be talking about Jeremy Chin and potentially having the same conversation with him, all because we waited too long with these coaches that, frankly, just don't know what they're doing too much. Hey, guys, I want to thank you for letting me come on, but I got two little upset Panther fans that I got to go grab. So I appreciate you, bro. Keep pounding. I'll just say fire Matt Rule. Fire Matt Rule. Appreciate you, Drew. All right. See you. Uh, The number is 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. We'd love for you to be a part of the show. Call in, leave a message. We'll play it. Um, also, you know, subscribe to the C3 Panthers podcast. We do work on uh, Sundays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays. Um, and whenever breaking news comes up, we've been trying to um, keep pounding, I guess you would say. Um, when it comes to the production of the show and the content, we appreciate your support and all the time you give us and all the support you've given us today, even monetarily. Um, so thank you very much. and Merry Christmas. Um, we're we're going to stick together. The C3 Panthers podcast will persevere, uh, just like the Panthers will one day. Let's go ahead and get into the calls before we talk about Matt. Before Ford. we do, before yeah. before we before we even do the calls, okay. We we have a bunch of super weird and depressed freaks <laughs> in the chat room right now, and you know what? Today was a bad day for them. But they come to this therapy session for a reason. To not only feel better about themselves, but because they want to be shamed. Ladies and gentlemen, we have witnessed the rise and the fall of the Carolina Panthers, and you've come here for every second of reaction. But yet, you come and join and you don't hit the like button? How dare you? How dare you? And I say, subscriber shame. Subscriber shame. 209 strong viewers watching. 81 thumbs up. If you haven't done so already, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe. Hit the notification bell for every single time your boys go live. We're here all year round, y'all. When there is Panther football to be sad about, And when there's time to be sad because there is no Panthers football, we are here for the fans. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe. That's all we ask, man. That's all we truly ask. Tony Dunn, let's jump into these cat calls. I'm make sure I got my settings right. I always got something jacked up, I'm sure. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good, like... And a three, and a four, and a Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Who's 
What's going on, C3 Nation? This is your boy Jay Anderson hitting y'all up. What up, Jay? So they fired Joe Brady, and the team still look like shit. I mean, <laughs> the defense still getting getting run on like no other. I mean, Cam had a high end, but he. He didn't look. He didn't look good. He look. He looked all right, other than that interception pass. But I mean, it's the same team, different offensive coordinator, same team, just same thing, man. Ain't nothing changed with this team. Um, the coach got to go, and everybody's saying that. Matt Rouge should get a third year. He might get a third. He he might get a third year. Around this time, we all know after a extremely bad loss, David Tepler usually cut. You know, he just cut people. So I would not be surprised if Matt Rule gone this Tuesday. Matt Rule should have somehow, some way, he should have left and went to college. Dude, I mean, sometimes. I know you want to be loyal to to the um, to the team. Say, well, I'm gonna stick it out. Hey, it's sometimes you have to ball out. You know, sometimes you know. I had a job before. I had a job once, and I couldn't do a good. You know, and I, I just didn't feel like the job was for me. And you know, you know, it's not like I just quit on the job. It's just like I knew it wasn't for me. You know, and I had to go back to where, you know, what I used to do. And I just fall out and quit and went back to the, um, to, to our, what I used to do. So that really should have left, man. Like, dude, I, I mean, I don't know how many offers you had, but I'm sure you did have some college offers. He just need to go. And people who still think Matt Rule deserve, deserving, um, a third season. Right uh, Jay Anderson, uh, on time with the call. You know, I kind of randomly picked the first call that I play because, oh, so you know, we'll go back and play some that were called like end game because there's going to be a couple end game reactions. But I just want to time the first call was like a post game uh, start and reaction. And uh, boy, did he nail the conversation that I really want to go to um, next. Uh, anything, and that is uh, the Matt Fool rule era. Uh, and what to do, what will happen, you know, um, after the Miami game, uh, after even the Joe Brady um, firing, I thought that his stock was trending down so much that I really uh, was having a hard time foreseeing um, a season next year where Matt Rule was the head coach. Um, I don't think he's going to be hired, uh, fired in, in season because I don't think we have the coaches to appoint an interim unless it's Jeff Nixon. Which would be crazy. Uh, play it. Yeah, that's a better and, resume than Matt Rule by far. I mean, it kind of. So, but the the thing is, is um, over the past week, and I heard Jeff Nixon come out and talk, and then I was like, kind of got a little excited uh, about the Panthers again. Um, then you get the they come out and score on this first drive, and I was like, man, what if we come out and win this game? And my friends keep telling me, like, hey, if you look at the actual like playoff hunt, you know, the Panthers win this game, 
then you're starting to look at who's got the tiebreakers and you can maybe even make a playoff run. So over the last five days, my belief, um, and I've run into some people that firmly believe that he's going to get another year. Um, and these, these kind of opinions weighed on me, right? Like, uh, they were starting to challenge my, what I felt was like a firm belief that Matt rule would be fired. But if I really gather from the sense of the chat room and from the first call right here, um, that my initial impression that Matt rule is not going to get a third year, maybe right. Or trending in the right, right direction. You guys, uh, Cody, you mentioned it earlier, your thoughts on Matt fool and what's really coming to fruition this year. I just don't know David Tepper being how short-tempered he is, how uh, aggressive he is in wanting this team that he just bought uh, a few years ago. He wants it to be a contender. And I don't know how you can continue to be this disappointed at the end of every season and think that these are acceptable results. Again, we're going to have to have a little test of David Tepper's ego because for him to fire Matt Rule would mean that he would have to admit that the first coaching hire that he made as the owner of the Carolina Panthers was an absolute failure and an abject bust, Tony. Uh, I mean, you went out and hired a, a college head coach, a college DC, a college offensive coordinator. Quite simply, there wasn't enough tendered NFL coaches on this football team to be able to put us in advantageous positions. On top of that, it has become blaringly, glaringly, and and just absolutely obvious that Matt Rule cannot evaluate talent. And I want to make sure that I say it using those words because evaluating talent is a part of the job. If you're not able, with your own eyes as a head coach, to see that Cam Irving can't play left tackle then you're kidding yourself. Uh, I mean, not seeing that Dennis Daly gets worked every time he plays left guard, you're kidding yourself. Either you're a glutton for punishment or you genuinely have no idea what you're doing. And there's no reason to believe that going forward that Matt Rule would be able to get the quarterback position right if we did move on from Cam Newton or that they would be able to bring in competent offensive linemen. Tony, we don't know that they wouldn't draft a bunch of Greg Littles to come in and be turnstiles and and give up premium picks to draft those players. So, yeah, I, I think we really have to pinpoint that the Carolina Panthers and their evaluation process of the most important positions on their team is fundamentally flawed. CK, um, Matt rules the, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to make this a meter, right? Like I want a meter from week to week, right? Uh, The code, we have a uh, coach for the East Carolina pirates, our basketball coach. When he gets mad, his name's Joe Dooley and his face gets so red when he's pissed. And I always like, it's like the beat meter. I always, and I, I ran into him one day and I was like, I want to make a Joe Dooley meter in your face be the temperature of the team. The Matt Rule fire meter, which I'm thinking is somewhere between rule and fool. <laughs> which way is it going? Um, what do you think after today? I mean- after today, do I, 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 I'm in agreement. I don't know that it's happening midseason. Do we want it to happen midseason? Yes. 
But I think that, you know, you got to keep in mind what we have on this team is a lot of rule, rule loyalists, right? People that have been right. with him through, who have given him, who he's given their first coaching job, their first NFL job, their first, you know, scouting job, whatever it may be. He has been there and he's given them that. So is he, are we going to win any, any, any popularity contests with, uh, with uh, the coaching staff if we let Matt Rule go? No. So that's that part I do agree with. I think that getting rid of him right now would be a tough pill. You know, I don't think anybody would be able to actually come in and 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 actually fill in. Do I think that it would be possible? Yes. Do I think that David Tepper is going to do it? No. Um, but so I don't think that's going to happen. Do I think that it's going to happen at the end of the year? I do. And it has everything to do with the fact that every part of why our our team is failing has to do can stem from decisions that Matt Rule has made. Be it be it regarding Joe Brady. Be it regarding Teddy Bridgewater, be it regarding Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, training, trading picks, whatever that may be, firing Joe Brady, um, you know, do don't beat ourselves, like putting becoming a meme when it comes to Panthers fans, like that's what Joe Brady or uh, Matt Rule has become. Like he has truly become Rat Mule, right? And yeah. uh, and and it's 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 when that happens. I mean, I don't know how you can keep him around because from a uh, purely business standpoint, you want somebody who's going to be marketable, who you're going to be able to sell to the, you know, to to people, to ticket holders, to want to come and watch uh, the games. And I don't know that Matt Rule is getting that done. Um, and he sure as hell isn't doing that for getting talent on the field and making people excited. I mean, we brought Cam Newton back and they still don't know how to coach, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's becoming just a, a big issue. And I think that right now I, I, I can't see a scenario where, Tepper believes that Matt Rule is the answer moving forward. You know, I, I'm, I'm. It's hard to see it. At least it was for me going into the bye week. Um, I would actually say this is my um, kind of vigor to fire Matt Rule after today has waned a little. Um, and that is, is like I, I think it's probably going to happen. I think it might be the best, better move. But is that today the team wasn't great or it wasn't good but they weren't horrific Against at the, the same team, time though. yeah is that this is kind of what i expected the team to look like all year it was how horrific they looked in those moments earlier in the season i mean the miami game the new england game the giants game are three games that epitomize that kind of just i mean nothing was good nothing was good and that so i i think here is that you you start to see or I'm, there might be an argument that, like, hey, he if he gets an offensive, like, he could do better with a quarterback in an offensive line. Like, who couldn't, right? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Is that I, I do think if the team kind of performs like it did today through the rest of the season, that might help his chances a little bit. Um, I didn't see a very good team today, so I don't think so. Yeah. And Not a good it, team, it, but it didn't. They weren't just like, look, is that the the Falcons? And to be actually, you're maybe to lend credit to y'all's position on this. The Falcons weren't very good today either. Right. They weren't just spot on. And we didn't sack Matt Ryan at all. And they still weren't that great. It was like they, it was almost like no one wanted to win the game for a minute. After the, after they tied the game, we went up 7 nothing, and then they scored a touchdown. And then from that point on, we never led. We never led the game again. And, Tony, there's a saying that division games count for double. So the fact that we have not 
we do not win at home. I mean, we just don't. The Carolina Panthers do not win home games. We already beat the Falcons earlier this year. And then we lose to them at home. That situational football thing. We're, we're tied at 5-7 and seven with the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. And you come up and put an absolute stinker on, on, uh, of a football game? Dude, it's embarrassing, man. It's absolutely embarrassing. And to me, this this lends credence to the idea that he needs to be fired and fired fast. Because if you're, uh, I mean, these are the games that matter most. Everyone was saying that the Panthers are still alive. We have hope to be a playoff team. But you have to beat your division rival at home when it matters the most. When you're playing meaningful football in December, which we were. Now the Panthers only have one more home game this year, and it's against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We haven't, well, how about this? I saw this on Twitter, Tony. We haven't uh, had a home win in December since 2017, I think. When was the last time we, what, we won the home opener? We won against the Jets, right? That was a win at home. Have we yeah. won any other home games? Is that the only one? So we also we bought the G. We bet beat the Jets. We we bought we beat Houston. That was on the road. We played two home games back to back. So maybe we started at home with two wins. So we beat the Saints at home. Yeah, the Jets. Uh, yeah, we, we beat the Saints at home, and we beat the Jets, and that's it. The <laughs> that's Texans on the road, done. the Cardinals on the road, and the Falcons on the road. All right, uh, 252-228-5098. Should Matt Rule be fired? Uh, should he get another year? Um, was this game as bad uh, as you expected, or is you're kind of like me? Is This is the product you kind of expected um, from the Panthers all season. Let's go with the next call. Smooth T here from Electric City. What's up, Smooth? Carolina Panthers. These, these, these mugs, no, these fools get paid a lot of money to play football. But they look like they never played football in their life. Once everything they do looks so hard, everything on offense looks so hard to do, everything on defense looks so hard to do. The second best passing defense, how? Can someone explain that? How are they the second best? See, Ke- you got a good explanation the for this. worst offense when it comes to Hits allowed on the quarterback. And we got the second best passing defense and they can't even get to him. What kind of joke is that? I have a good explanation for it and you guys are ready for it. Like he's lost. Dante Jackson, you still a bitch. Oh, oh, man. some jade there. All right. So my, my explanation as to what is going on, why this is the number two ranked defense in the league is when we lose, we are losing by the first half, or at least the third quarter. So for the by the by the last two quarters at least by or at most last quarter and a half, the teams have to stop. They stop having to throw the ball. Like it's pretty easy to make your stats look really good as a defense from a passing standpoint when you guys aren't actually stopping people, right? Because then it's able to like let's let's keep in mind. We've had the defense given short fields because of turnovers. 
Um, some of the games have been out of hand because of a pick six similar to today. Like, I mean, so, I mean, we can't blame everything on the, on the defense. The defense has been one of the most, you know, one of the only parts of this year that we find somewhat entertaining to watch, um, at least at one point. So I'm not putting that entirely on them, but like that, that part, that's part of it. If you guys think about it, like when we're losing, they don't run the, I mean, they don't throw the ball. Like, I mean, when we're losing, when we lose, they know how to just beat us and they're slamming the rocks down our throat. Like, it's just the reality of it. Yep, like, I don't feel is. confident. Like, at this point in time, I could see a scenario where the Bucks, even if they haven't clinched a number one seed, are so unafraid of the Carolina Panthers that they sit their starters. Even if they haven't, <laughs> like, I, could, I could see the that. It's a disrespectful thing. Oh, my gosh. Uh, look, I got a special one from you. Here's Kevin from the stadium. Hey, this is Kevin from Charleston. I'm at the game right now, and my God, what the fuck am I doing here, man? Like, can we bench Matt Rule? It's halftime right now. Like, fuck, why did I come from Charleston? Always charged to see this shit. Matt Rule is a college coach. Go back to fucking college. Mike, and the defense, I'm sorry. There was three interceptions in that game that could have could have happened, but and we walked away with none. I mean, this is this is embarrassing. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to like fight a Falcon fan right now. Do it. I'm about to give me another beer. Don't do I'm it. Going to get the beer. <laughs> it shows some fight and life in this fucking stadium. Something. God damn it! This is fucking bullshit. Oh. Dude, I've been in this. I've been in that very that feeling before um i've i've had it i've been first of all the reason i hate the falcons so much is because i've been they've beaten us at home a lot did you see the stat that he has uh matt ryan has 17 wins against the panthers like more than any of his other opponents so he's beaten the panthers more than he's beaten the saints more than he's beaten the bucks right um I was at this game, so I the real reason I hate the Atlanta Falcons as much as I do is not like you know some people are they hate the Saints so much. For me, again, I'm benching that I'm an ECU alum. We had some decent football teams in the past, but we used to Virginia Tech used to own us for a, a long time, and they had the Vic boys. They had Mike Vic, Marcus Vic. Both of these kids fucked us up. Uh, Mike Vic, though just destroyed us for two years in a row i mean absolutely destroyed the ecu pirates and then i'm like and then he gets drafted to atlanta i'm like fuck this guy then he comes and destroys my professional team it was just this long litany of i was at the game where he dove from the five yard line and levitated one inch above the ground for five yards and scored a touchdown and it was a touchdown, and it ruined it. The Falcons, we beat them at their house, and they beat us at our house. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. Going back to Matt Fool, um, would it be foolish to give him a third year? And would yeah, it be I mean, foolish to give him a third year, even with knowing this? Because, Cody, you defended Joe Brady. Right with this offensive line, is that could we not defend Matt Rule and just say this? Is that if we find an answer at quarterback and the offensive line, that maybe this can start to give him the opportunity to coach better? And I think there is some legitimacy to that point, but at the same time, he's the reason, or greatly part of the reason, 
We don't have a quarterback or an offensive line. And that's why it's not the same thing. Because right. I'm sorry, but you can't tell me that Joe Brady had any say so in offensive line personnel. People say that he wanted Teddy Bridgewater because he played with them in New Orleans. Dude, I don't even know how much I believe that bullshit. So the fact that Joe Brady was the play caller and the offense was bad, that that doesn't that doesn't change the fact that Matt Rule's hands have been a part of all those decisions, like you just said, pertaining to the quarterback, pertaining to the offensive line. How embarrassing would it be if the Panthers could actually have a good offensive line right now if Brady Christensen was playing left tackle and Deontay Brown was playing at guard somewhere? We don't know. We might actually have at least an above average, uh, at least an above average line. And who knows what we might be able to do with that? What 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 Cam would be able to do with more time to throw the football? What PJ might be able to do with more time to throw the football? And then they said that they were going to give PJ Walker some packages today. And I, I really I, I don't know what for. Our, our guy Tim Jenkins he even went at me a little bit on Twitter, uh, Tony. I, I was like, uh, at least when Cam Newton throws interceptions. It doesn't seem intentional. Whereas PJ, he will just, okay, I don't know if you saw this, but you remember when uh, PJ threw that ball up for Robbie Anderson and Robbie had to go up and get it and he just took a mean shot to the ribs? Like that was 100% on PJ just throwing that ball up like that. And then PJ still managed to throw an interception. It's like all of this all leads back to Matt Rule. And I feel like I know who Matt Rule is as a head coach. He has some clear deficiencies. He is not ready to be a leader of men on an NFL level. He's in over his head, and I don't think he deserves anything. What did Tim Jenkins say? He just told me to stop. He just wrote, stop. That's it. <laughs> Tell him to message me back, man. He was so good about messaging me back. And then uh, he's got, you know what? It's because he's on uh, that Teddy BD now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because Teddy's, uh, <laughs> Teddy's playing. And then people are posting on Twitter, like official columnists and shit, that the Panthers are missing Teddy Bridgewater. I'm like, bro, it might fuck be true, off, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I would mean, say me- that we are, and we would be better. We would, we would be better with Teddy Bridgewater this year. I do think that. Um, but the again, I think you're right. Is this is like, uh, I do want to field that argument that with an offensive line and a quarterback, that the Matt Rule team would be better put together. But that's also like a duh argument. And it's like, duh, that's what's been the fucking problem for the Carolina Panthers for the last five years, right? And the failure to address the offensive line in a rebuild situation, the attempt to win now at every turn rather than building. You know what? They, they're pulling a Dave Gettleman to me, and that is they say the right things, and then they don't do what they say. Right, is that Tepper comes in and says this is not going to be an overnight thing. This is going to be a process. Rule says, hey, we are trying to build for the long to- long call and this continuity. And then all the moves they go and make are the opposite of that. And the failure in two c- 
consecutive drafts to address the offensive line early and often continues to be a giant problem. The very fact is, is that whether or not Terrace Marshall Jr. and J.C. Horn turn out to be good players in the NFL is irrelevant to the fact that the Carolina Panthers have no offensive line. And the idea is this, is Terrace Marshall Jr., you owe me five bucks, Cody. You owe me five bucks. This dude is a non-factor on this Matt team. Five bucks. No, you owe me. We had the bet. Uh, yeah. We had the bet. Um, 252-228-5098. Thanks so much for the support today, man. A lot of monetary support. We appreciate those super chats. Uh, but uh, we really appreciate you guys just hanging out with us. You can call into the show at 252-228-5098. You can uh, support us by just hitting that thumbs up button, the like button, subscribe button, uh, and share it on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, wherever you hang out and talk about the Carolina Panthers. Tell a friend about the podcast. I was, I was at a restaurant the other day, and the, the bartender was a Panthers fan, and I was sitting there by myself, and on the ticket, I was like, oh, gosh, this is a little weird. Somebody's going to see me writing a note to this person. You know, it was like if you were sitting beside me and you saw me like right, like I was like leaving my phone number, but I was just like, "Hey, C three Panthers podcast, check it out on Tuesdays." I wrote it on the ticket. Uh, that's how we grow. One friend, one share. What is Pat McAfee's saying, CK, about the like share um, the? Sh- it's uh something a friend. Uh, be a friend. Share. Uh, tell a friend. Be a friend. Tell a friend. I like it. Um, all right, let's go to the next call. Hey guys, Kyle from VA. It's halftime. We look like shit. Matt Rule bench Cam Newton, and for all the fucking Walker Wonder fucking fans out there, the dude is garbage. He sucks ass. I don't want to hear shit about PJ Walker. I'd rather have Will Greer in there. Mm. PJ sucks. You keep benching Cam. I mean, for for what? And you, both of these dudes are gonna fail. Until Matt Rule learns how to fucking put his offensive line in the places they're supposed to be, like he he has a fucking fetish for Cam Irvin, bro. Cam Irvin was like a third stringer on Dallas, and he's like, no, he's a well, he's apparently a fucking franchise left tackle. And Brady Christensen, I drafted him as a tackle. He had the best game as a tackle for us this season. But I'm a right guard, fucking dumbass dude. This dude is a fucking dumbass. Like he he's definitely fired. I thought they'd keep him for another year, but after watching this and just realizing, like, we're unless we make something happen, we have no draft picks. Unless we make something happen and we have, like, a miracle run, like, 2015, like, we're in the hole for the next two to three years. Like, we're going to be watching this shit. This shit we're watching right now for the next two to three years. And you can trade away people. Like, I think we're going to trade McCaffrey away for sure to get some type of draft pick. But if you trade away Burns and – uh, more and all, then you're trading them, you're trading away your franchise pieces now for unproven rookies who you don't know what the fuck they're going to do in the NFL. So, I do, God, it is since 2015, man, we are like one good year. It has been tough being a fucking Panthers fan. And the future, honestly, right now looks like shit. This it is the scary part bad. about it. You need to get rid of Matt Rule. Fucking convince somebody to come coach us. And, you know, I mean, you already gave him a seven-year contract. You're still paying Teddy. Picked up an option on the quarterback that you didn't see play a fucking snap in the Panthers uniform. Uh, you're paying Perryman to be one of the best tackling linebackers in the NFL. You cut him. 
Hey, I didn't know you could fuck up this bad and still have a job. Like, if I fucked up this bad at work, oh, I would have been walked out immediately. <laughs> like, this motherfucker. Little chubby bitch on the sideline looks so stupid. He benches Cam. Like, got such an under, underbite. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? He sucks. The motherfucker is not an NFL quarterback. Like, get over it. I'm trying to make shit that doesn't work, trying to make it work and look like a genius. He looks like an idiot. Who is it? Did he say hey, Cam's not? Is yeah. that what the last part was? Okay. Um, you know, I don't disagree with a lot of that. Uh, I think the real the real um, part that's been hard for me, again, and I've talked about it on Debate My Take, I've talked about it on all the shows we've been doing, is not that we're bad right now. Even the wins and the losses this year is not problematic for me. It's the kind of future outlook for this team yeah. uh, that is so disconcerting is that when you thought you were taking a step forward, you actually slid down the hill backwards. One thing to interesting, um, and uh, I don't want to talk too much about this without Cody, because I know he has perspective on um, Matt Rule and his... Okay. uh, okay. Um, Matt Rule's scouting and talent stuff. I saw someone, I don't know if it was in our chat or on Twitter, where I ran across this. I thought it was a really thoughtful comment that... Um, you got to remember that Matt Rule comes from not only from colleges, but colleges that do, do not get the top recruits, right? Yes. Like you're not getting the top, top recruits. So he's put so much emphasis in identifying traits that he can then work with, right? right. Is that in turn into something that like projects what he projects, like we could build on this. I think a Robbie Anderson might be a good example of this. Maybe, you know, just these. And they they were talking about with the Brady Christensen and the arm length that this kind of being that maybe an example of that mindset and that history of where he has in his mind what a corner physically, what he can make a corner into. So he might find a guy yeah. on the street that meets these damn things. He's like, have you ever thought about playing football? I had to turn him into an NFL corner. Right. Is But at the NFL level, you get the be- you're getting the best. You're getting all top recruits. Yeah. And you're also playing the top recruits now. Right. Um, so before. let's go to the Brady Christensen just briefly is that this continues – uh, I think his doubling down on the guard center thing is probably the most crazy part. Yeah. Right. We talked about this on debate. My take, which we had a great debate. My take. I want you guys to go. You guys should go check it out. It was a great episode of this. Um, but he's, it's the doubling down and the tripling down on it. That's probably even more disconcerting to me than not believing that Brady Christensen's ready to play left tackle. It's like in his mind, it can't even happen. Um, yeah. What is going on? This this offensive line has been in shambles all year, and we just haven't had any continuity. Michael Jordan, the brand, out today. John Miller, uh, who's been awful, out today. This offensive line, how bad were they, and what's the problem? Well, can I add, uh, you know, one that was a great comment that you mentioned that, uh, you know, with Matt Rule having to try and find all the traits and abilities that kind of, yeah, I can work with that. I, I just got to mold them a little bit and try and, you know, and get the best out of them. I definitely see a lot of truth to that. I also think that David Tepper hired a yes man. And if you remember, 
when we were looking for our new coaches, David Tepper kept on mentioning analytics. Analytics. We're going to have an analytical football team. Analytics, analytics. I eat analytics when I go to bed. I eat (laughs) analytics Analytics for breakfast. breakfast. Dude, (laughs) in the middle of the afternoon, I take a shot of analytics. You just eat to make sure that uh, my mind is extra analytical for the day. What's the cereal? What's the cereal that's the alphabet cereal? Do you uh, remember there used to be a cereal where it was all the letters? And it was like, you eat yeah. alphabet cereal for breakfast. I eat number cereal. Yeah, you eat I, alphabet I, soup, bitch. I, I eat, eat analytic soup. I eat, <laughs> I eat them, them analyticals for breakfast. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think... Um, and again, I, I shout this out to uh, John from One Carolina, who said this on one of the Friday free for alls, and he mentioned the fact that most left tackles. So, for example, when you talk about Brady Christensen having arms that are too short, he brought up the fact that most guys, when their arms are that short, they end up being guards in the NFL rather than tackles. So it says to me, okay, Matt Rule is looking at the numbers. These guys don't normally pan out at left tackle, so I'm not going to even put them there because that's the analytical thing to do. Like The whole shit of it is is that Matt Rule picks and chooses when he wants to be analytical. Yep. Because there's a bunch of times that he isn't very analytical. Look no further than today's game. We score a touchdown at the very end on a P.J. Walker to Robbie Anderson pass, and then he wants to go for two. He wanted to go for two points instead of one, which was the clear thing to do. The commentators were roasting him, and if it wasn't for Cam Newton or uh, the offensive line having a false start. Yeah, yeah, it was Dennis Daly. It was one one of those two, either Irving or Dennis Daly, they drew a penalty that backed the Panthers up and it forced us to kick an extra point like we should have done in the first place. Matt Rule reveals himself to you in little moments like this where you can clearly see that he doesn't understand situational football. Don't believe who a man tells you he is. Believe a man who, when he shows you who he is. And Matt Rule shows us that time and time again, on these situational football plays, he has no idea what he's doing. He has no idea what he's doing when building an offensive line, where uh, who he's going to start, who he's going to bench, why he would put uh, P.J. Walker in over Cam Newton. All of these things that are hard to make sense of, even from a fan perspective. And every single time Matt Rule is asked about it, his answers sound so stupid. It's just, it's annoying, Tony. It really is. I think he is a yes man. I think you're right. Um, and and sad, the, the greatest strength of Ron Rivera has turned out to be one of the greatest weaknesses of Matt Rule, in my opinion. Uh, and that is the lack of backbone and resolve. Um. Even with when every decision he has made has been so reactionary to the moment. So it's like, uh, even with the analytics, I don't even feel like it's a true commitment. 
to the analytics. Like, so sometimes it's like, oh, we're going to do what the analytics tell us. And then now we're not going to do it because it didn't work that time. So now we don't like analytics. Now I love alphabet right. cereal, not number <laughs> cereal anymore. Um, and it's just like every, th- every time something goes bad, uh, he just like quickly, like just crumbles. It's like a Eli Manning when he sees a, when he used to see a defensive lineman coming at, you remember Eli Manning would just go straight to the ground. And be like, hey, man, I'm just done with this. Um, like his soul left his body. <laughs> but the, the thing is, is that it's strange because he doesn't do that when it comes to the offensive line. Like, why? All right. I mean, like, okay. So, you know what? Now, guess what? Cam Irvin had a bad game, but you're like, no, I'm going to stick with Cam Irvin. (laughs) Out of all the things you have the commitment to, bro. um, All all, all all because Irving has longer arms. It it just goes to show you cannot evaluate his own football team. Well, and it's also, too, it's one of these things that you first you heard Jordan, Jordan Gross talk about this after. So, like, even the team media is a little interested in this, right? So, Jordan Gross is like, well, I'm glad. Hey, he said, I guess my one-inch longer arms kept me from being a guard or something like that. I played that clip on the Friday um, free-for-all. I can try and find it if you want but me to. But the... Yeah, the the other thing is is I actually get the argument that long arms are helpful, right? And uh, uh, like he's right, like having long arms is advantageous. Um, it's an advantageous. It's like being tall in basketball, right? Being tall in basketball is helpful, but just because you're tall doesn't mean you're good, and just because you're not tall doesn't mean you're not good. And we're also talking about. You make it sound like that this dude's got like little baby arms, right? Is that it's literally one inch difference between him and pro bowlers, one inch. And so it's like, are you really getting, is that that, is like if his, if it was like four inches or six inches, I don't know. It's, it's kind of crazy. We'll go to the next call. What's up, C3? What's up, C3? What's good? What's and everybody? You know what I'm saying? It's your boy, Nova Black. Nova. Man, look, it's, it's it's early in the fourth quarter. You know what? At this point, I'm done being angry. I'm not mad. I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to scream. I think uh, the offensive play calling looked a lot better. But, you know, woe is me, the offensive line as usual. So, let me just say this, man. Our left tackle is looking like Byron Bell. You guys remember when, uh, what's that boy name? Uh, Adrian Claiborne and they were playing against the Dallas Cowboys and, and Byron Bell was the left tackle. He was the backup. The starting left tackle was hurting and they played Atlanta. And I think that boy got like six to eight sacks that one game. <laughs> yeah. And he was beating the bricks off our left tackle. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's what I love tackle is looking like right about now. So, I mean, you know, you can't really expect much, man. And it's not the just him. The guards are letting people run right anyway, by him. keep pounding, keep pounding, and keep pounding. I'll catch you guys later at the end of the game. You know what I'm saying? You know I'm going to be tuning into the show. Thanks, Nova, man. We love Shout you, brother. Uh, you know, I'm kind of at the same point where I felt like I was a lot more angry after the Miami game than this one. Uh, I'm not as surprised. I didn't think we... 
the only reason I thought that uh, I was probably gonna, I was going to be wrong about picking the Falcons is because we came out and scored on that opening drive. I was like, man, maybe I underestimated what Cam, what we were going to do, and some things. And I think we had a real opportunity to win this game or be more competitive in this game. But again, nothing went right. Nothing went right. Uh, offense, defense, even special teams—a shank punt. Um, you know, like nothing go- was going good, and it's really this offensive line. Is it's it would be in the past. It was just so easy to point at Byron Bell or Matt Khalil. It was one major piece that was a problem. And this one, it really is like four pieces across the board. That the guards, I mean, it's not just a tackle where they're speeding rushing you and you're like, he's getting abused. That's happening. And the guards are like just letting people run by them, dude. Like run by them, straight past them. And it looks like they don't know how to switch or do anything right. Um, so I'm with you, Nova. It's like uh, at this point, it's like, what do you do? What do you do? Um, I don't know. But uh, would you like to hear? Yeah, let's hear um, this clip about because we were, we're trying to figure out Matt Rule as a coach. And like this, and just for you guys, if you're just tuning in, uh, great comment from a caller or somebody. I don't even know where. I wish I would have wrote the person's name down about how Matt rules like the idea of arm length being what a result of his college career coaching where he wasn't able to get the top recruits. So he didn't get his pick of the litter. So he's trying to find guys to do certain things on his team. And that's why he emphasizes these traits. And this comment we're about to play Jordan gross responses. Um, this past week, Matt rule doubled down on his comment that Brady Christensen, he sees his future at guard or center in this league because uh, of the f- limitations he has physically with his arms. I think he has 33-inch arms. He mentions it in the clip, uh, Okay, what, what both of them are. So this is Jordan Gross talking about Brady Christensen and his arm I didn't go in the third round, you know. I'm kind of like... Oh, my bad. You can see it. They're a little worried about his arm length. So he's got 32-inch arms, which they think is below the threshold for what a tackle could be. 32 and a quarter. Arm length does matter, Jake, right? So if you're just – I mean, if your arms are a foot taller than mine, you're going to be able to touch me before I touch you. But your technique can make up and your hand placement and how, how good you are hitting target when you're punching and passing so can make up for arm length any day of the week and your pass sets and your footwork and all that stuff. Arm length length i got him by an inch and a quarter so i wonder right there like so i was 33 and a quarter i'm assuming they're still that long arm length maybe they're a little longer because i've lost some girth in my chest you know <laughs> i wonder if they are long anyways his arms 32 so is this are we here to assume that the inch and a quarter arm length difference maybe kept me out of being a third round pick who knows right is- so that's the end of the clip, and yeah, I and look, man, I don't mean to pat my own self on the back here, but whenever I talk about arm length, whenever I do draft pick videos, or whenever I speak about the tackle position, yes, everyone would like to, you know, if you were building your perfect left tackle in a lab, you would prefer thirty-four to thirty-five inch arms if you could have that, but if you can't. It's just like boxing. 
there is proper technique to help you find your range to get in a suitable position for you to be able to do your damage or in football sense, be able to get your hands to the inside chest of the opposing defender. And it all comes down to technique and, uh, you know, skill basically. And if we don't have the right coaches that are teaching the right techniques that believe in their players to be able to do these kinds of things, then, yeah, no wonder they're going to put him at guard. Uh, and I think, you know, I've heard uh, somewhere that coaches, first and foremost, they have to be good teachers because they are teaching men how to play the proper preferred method of football that their team is trying to enact. So when you have guys that aren't being taught proper technique, they're being moved all around the football field. Dennis Daly, Trent Scott, Pat Elflin, Brady Christensen have all played multiple positions on the offensive line this year. How is any one of those guys supposed to get acclimated to any one of those positions if they aren't consistently playing those positions enough to properly embed that technique into muscle memory? It doesn't work that way. And that's because our coaches are putting them in a position to fail. Uh, two questions about this. One or is about the uh, Brady Christensen. Um, I guess in, uh, in fine news is that he is listed as a starter today. He was listed as a starter, I believe. So that means at least you're playing him at guard. If you think he's going to be a guard, that's actually been kind of my issue is like, if you think he's a guard, fine, but at least play him there. And like instead of just moving them all around and doing all kinds of weird shit, not playing them at all. It's a third round talent. Uh the other thing is this is this true that uh Zilstra was the starting wide receiver today, not DJ Moore? Oh, DJ Moore was in there. I know he was in there. Uh, oh wait, no, they have three starters. There we go. He right, started so I missed, over, I missed uh... he's at the top. There we go. Um so they listed three wide receivers. How about that? Terrence Marshall oh, Jr. Yeah. Missing, and, missing. And Shy Smith. And Shy Smith. So um interesting stuff is that uh I understand that you know the the last comment I'm gonna make about the Brady Christensen thing is I I agree if you're gonna build these guys in the lab, that that's what you want. Right. But there are a lot of people that meet all the uh the components of whatever the criteria and aren't good. Right. And there are a lot of people that don't meet all the criteria. Like, I mean, if you built a quarterback in the lab, would it be Tom Brady? The answer is no. no. Probably not. You no. know, I mean, so like, but all of a sudden he is the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. Um, and and then he's overcome some of those, you know, maybe different things. But with the it's it's kind of strange. Imagine if you didn't have the combine and you never got to measure Brady Christensen's body like every moment every inch of it don't you always think that like the combine is supposed to verify what you see on tape rather than yeah you know like is that like did you watch the tape and go oh man i don't know if he's gonna be able to be a tackle in the nfl just look at these arms he's like not getting contact quick enough look at how close they're i wonder if that's what you said when you watched the tape Right. But uh, that goes to my point. When you favor analytics over evaluation, the tape becomes less important. Yeah. 252 228 
Hey, what's up, guys? Appreciate the show. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, looking at this game right now, it's ridiculous. The offensive line is, oh, my God, I can't even. It's just a bunch of clowns falling out of a Volkswagen at the surface right now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but, honestly, it's kind of hard to judge anything behind there with all these clowns up front. I think Cam hasn't really played that great. Uh, a little disappointed in that. I guess I had better expectations. but Yeah, um, me too. As far as the offense goes, man, I mean, we, we're stuck with Sam. That's what we got. Um you know, maybe in the off season, Cam have a good. I think with Cam having a, a good opportunity to hit the playbook, you know, OTA training camp, whatever, like they can just battle it out, and figure it out. But I got a big problem with the defense right now. Like, um, I'm just really disappointed in them. Shaq Thompson, first round, like studied behind Luke Thomas Davis. You know, like I'm. Uh, I'm really disappointed. Uh, I feel like he's getting trucked half the time. Occasionally he squirts through, makes some good plays, great. But for the most part, man, he's he's pretty much been been a disappointment uh, the whole time. I mean, I would rather have uh, Hassan, you know, than him. Um, so I'm thinking maybe we can consolidate some of those because we're over allocated right now on defense. That, and if we can figure out a way to uh, get maybe some more draft picks with the ridiculous amount of names we have on defense, um, half of which that play. Um, maybe we can figure out a way to turn around. Uh, Matt Rule sucks. Can't even look in. Anyway, appreciate it, guys. Love this call. Good call. Good call there. Uh, appreciate your support. Kind of, uh, you know, this is, it's funny how, uh, certain voices will be quiet. Like, so if you are a hater of somebody and they do well, then you're going to be quiet when they do well and then you're going to be loud. Um, you were in a big time argument with the Panthers creators group about whether or not Shaq Thompson should be considered for the pro bowl. And these guys were like, look at all of this Shaq Thompson, Shaq Thompson. If you think Reddick should make it Shaq Thompson's. And I was like, God, like I ain't ever seen somebody so vocally supportive of some damn Shaq Thompson. Yeah. And didn't want like, to pretend like, like, like we haven't been questioning what kind of player Shaq Thompson is since he's been here. I wonder like, no after today's did. game if they're going to be on the Shaq Thompson to the Pro Bowl tip. And, and by the way, like, I know people who know me and know I'm a Clemson fan. Like, they think that I just say some shit just because I am a Clemson fan. But when you look you at do. today, well, but look, when you look at today, there were, I, I remember two, two or three times where Shaq Thompson was outrun to the sideline, meaning the, the running back was able to get to the edge and make a play upfield before Shaq Thompson can get to him. Well, this is why I argued that when Isaiah Simmons was there, when you have a linebacker that can run a 4-3, oh, yeah, and he's 240 pounds, those are the types of measurables and athletic profile, if we're thinking about Matt Rule, that you want to see from that position because it's going to stop bouncing the football to the outside. It, it, you, when you're drafting high, you want to draft players that have some kind of talent, some kind of trait that is rare, that you don't normally find in a football player. And I think that goes back to what I was saying about this linebacking core. If you want to talk about Jermaine Carter, Shaq Thompson, they're not bad football players. right? I, I mean, and I would say Shaq this year is having his best season. He's yeah, having his best season as a pro. He's made some fantastic plays for us. But he isn't this elite 
top top tier top level right. linebacker like everybody wants him to be like you don't look at the game and be like oh god Shaq is flying around and doing it's just too little too late for Shaq I was that's what it is is that look is that if you really are that committed to him making the Pro Bowl God bless you know I'll vote I'll retweet it but like it's not like all of a sudden it's like Shaq is gonna have the next 10 years and just be better all the like even he has been he's just okay just you know just okay I like this defense this defense isn't good. It's just okay. Yeah. Um, and they haven't been put in great positions. They've been put in some tough positions, but they've had an opportunity to show that they are the better part of this team and they haven't done it either. Um, and maybe that's where Matt rule was right in that, in a couple of games. Remember when we were all upset about how we called out the defense instead of, you know I mean? And, and I think he is a, yeah, I think he is. Uh, he knew that how Sam Darnold was so fragile and Joe Brady was probably fragile, right? It was like he could get all over the offense and talk shit about them, but, like, everybody knew that already. Is that, like, he was speaking on defense, like, guess what? This is what we got to deal with, a pansy-ass offense, and you guys got to be the dogs, and you weren't the dogs. You didn't stop it. And so we might have been right on that. It's like this defense ain't manned up and stopped on third down when they needed to. They stop on third downs when it doesn't matter. You know, and then when it does matter, they don't. I mean, it's just a little soft, a little soft. This team is soft. We are. That's what we I think. Soft. Um, next call. Hey, Panther brothers, how y'all doing? What's up, G? What's up, G? Man, I'm so pissed off at this game, man. I know. I am so pissed off, man. We should have not lost this fucking game. All this tripping from damn PJ Walker and Cam Newton and. Slippage. It was, it, it's just a mess, man. We're, we're not making the playoffs this year. I wanted to make the playoffs. And you don't remember I said us making a wild card, like I said last year. This, Getting this smoked. Shit, this shit is – we're a fucking mess, man. David Tepper, you need to fire Matt Rule as soon as the game is over. Fire his ass, man. He lost He lost the damn – the locker room, man. This, this is ridiculous, man. This is just complete horrible, man. Horrible, 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 horrible. I'm so pissed off right now. I could yell and scream, but I'm not going to. So pissed off again. My wife's horse. birthday was on Friday, you know, and we had a good oh, happy birthday, birthday man. weekend. So I'm not trying to cause no corruption in my household, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, fire Matt Rule. And I always remember, y'all, no matter what the season holds, baby. All the Panther fans, Carolina on top forever. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Happy birthday, G. I feel like a lot of people have had birthdays uh, here in the past few days. I've been hearing about Kevin Bosch over had a birthday. Happy birthday to you, brother. Um, yeah, man, I'm not hearing a lot of people that are uh, very high on Matt Rule, Tony. I think the cat's out the bag. Um, it doesn't even feel controversial. I mean, I normally, you know, especially when we were calling for Ron Rivera to be fired, there was a wave of backlash that was like, Oh, but you're not going to do any better than Ron Rivera. He's been here forever. He's been to a Super Bowl. You might as well keep him around. Like, at least you had a wave of people that were pushing back on the fired head coach narrative. Tony, I don't feel much of that. I don't feel much pushback. No. I mean, look, you guys let us know. Is there anyone in the chat room uh, or in the cat calls who believes that Matt Rule should be given another year. You hear our opinion. None of us are crying. 
if Matt Rule gets his walking papers. But what about you? Does anyone think that Matt Rule deserves a third year in this position? And if you do think that, why do you think that? Because now we need some reasoning coming from the other direction. Like, we've laid out all of our points. Matt Rule has been a huge part of the problem in all of the issues that are still plaguing the Carolina Panthers. So someone needs to make an opposing argument here. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to get a lot of support. Uh, it's been bad. It's been bad, man. And that's the that's actually the kind of surprising part about this is that um, if you told me and, and, and CK and I, we, we, we've had this discussion in the past on past shows. I think this past Tuesday you said this exactly is that if you told us that we were going to finish with less than five wins this season at the beginning of the season, we still probably would have not thought that Matt Rule would have been the first thing that a people were going after and b that realistically that he would be fired but right now we have five wins and the feeling is it feels like two wins you know is that like it feels like it's so bad it's like almost hard to make an argument for matt rule to stick around i think the what would be the argument for matt rule being the coach next year is uh, and i think the only one is that um david tepper is afraid uh, to admit that he was either wrong or that the money that the co- people say the contract, the contract, which I don't even believe that matters because the contract of the coach doesn't go towards the salary cap. So it's like either this is like is David Tepper wants to either eat that money and that loss or he wants to win. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like what what is the argument for Matt Rule? <laughs> In my mind, the only thing the argument could be is that you say if you look at the team outside of the offensive line and the quarterback position, that they've been able to build decently well. The defense was able to flash. The receivers looked okay in situations. And I don't know. To me, with a quarterback in offense, that is the argument. And you could go out in free agency and maybe try to get aggressive with that. Yeah, and I honestly think that if Matt Rule is our coach, that is going to be the narrative, and that's what they're going to try to force-feed the fans to make us think that there is some hope here. But, uh, again, I'm here to tell you uh, this linebacking core needs help. This offensive line needs help. I think our edge presence on the defensive line needs help. We have more holes than we thought we did. And at the end of every year, we're talking about more holes on the team than we thought that we had. So I I don't know. Um, It really depends on David Tepper. I I think he should fire Matt Rule, but frankly, I do not think he will. Uh, Did did G say his birthday was this past Friday? Uh, I believe so. Sometime right, put it in the calendar. Right. I'm going to start a Panthers fan birthday calendar. So if you guys uh, well, uh, tell me when, uh, when, uh, write in the chat for me when Kevin's birthday, what the day was. Um, all right, next call. Hey, hey, hey. What up, G Baby? You know who the fuck is. <laughs> booyaka, booyaka, booyaka! It's G, baby, man, and I have a lot to say. I'm going to try and not yell on this phone as much as I can, man, because He's this organization is a joke. 
Matt Rule is a fucking joke. Rat Rule, you fucking bitch. You need to get the fuck off the fucking team, G. It's time for Matt Rule to go, man. Kevin's is tomorrow. And this is how I know this dude's a fool, man. I don't give a fuck if Cam Newton threw that pick six. I really genuinely don't give a fuck. Because at the end of the day, that's the name of football, man. That's just a great play on the ball by the defender, man. That's just an athletic, that's a baller, dude. That's the name of fucking football. So what you're going to do is you're going to bench Cam Newton? For what? He was doing just fine. He made, he had a, it, it was just a great play on the ball, man. That was just a great play on the fucking ball. And then you bench him for P.J. Walker's little ass. If anyone comes on this fucking show defending P.J. Walker, bro, block their ass. Block them. <laughs> Cody, block them. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I'll this do it, dude. And then P.J. P, P. Walker throws a fucking pick. And then you go really back and put fucking Cam Newton back in at halftime. Like, what the fuck is this, man? This is what I'm talking about. This is why no one's showing up for the fucking games, bro. Because when they do show up, to put, for the, I was supposed to be at this game with my girl, bro. I was supposed to be at this fucking game. Thank God I didn't fucking go. Because I'd be pissed if I flew all the way from fucking Salt Lake City, Utah, to fucking Charlotte, North Carolina, to fucking see Cam Newton bench over a fucking pick six. Imagine all the motherfuckers that went there to see Cam Newton, bro. This two QB shit, what the fuck is this? This is not college, man. This college ass defense that can't stop the fucking run. It's a fucking joke. It pisses me the fuck off. I'm so fucking angry in my fucking heart because this is how we do Cam Newton. What the fuck, man? This is bullshit. Cam Newton came back for this? Like, Cam, bro. Gee. Fuck these niggas, bro. Fuck them. Fuck Tepper. Fuck Matt Rule. Fuck all of them, bro, for doing you like this, man. And fuck the motherfucking media, too, for fucking shitting on your fucking name, bro. When they damn well know you have no offensive line, man. This offensive line is atrocious, bro. Dennis Staley, why the fuck are you in the... Uh, oh, he got cut off by the time. Oh, here. Um, let's see. He's got a part two in here. You know he does. It's G. That's what I was saying. Why is Michael Jordan not fucking dressing? That's the best left guard we have, and he's not playing? Dennis Daly's a fucking bum. Jermaine Carter is a bitch. Dude. And then we have Cam Urban. Why is Cam Urban even starting, bro? Why is Brady Christensen, the motherfucker that you guys drafted, not starting? If Deontay Brown is clear to play, why the fuck is he on the field, man? Pat Eflon, why are you stepping on Cam Newton's fucking feet? <laughs> this offensive line is ass. We drafted J.C. Horn for what? Motherfucker has a place this week two, week three. Bro, this is a, a tragedy. Like, bro, I don't... This puts us back... Oh, my God, bro. We're so fucked. Oh, my God. We bro. are, this man. Is, and that's what sucks. Just, and for whoever says we should take as a fucking idiot, we need to be losing every game after this bullshit. Win for what, bro? 
We're going to win, get as high as those draft tickets as we possibly can and trade that bitch so we can accumulate all the motherfucking fuck-up mishaps that we fucking have done, man. Win games for what? Get into the fucking top six, trade that shit away, keep trading back as far as you can to the end of the first round, and you keep that first round draft pick because you want that fifth-year option. Because you can only have a fifth-year option with a first-round draft pick. I would trade back as far as possible to get a second and a third. Because what we Bro, oh, my God. You guys, I have a lot on my mind. I'll I be love, calling in. I love my He's got to re-get himself together. And fucking TK, I don't have much to fucking say to you, bro, because you, you be bringing bad voodoo to the motherfucking team every motherfucking <laughs> week. You have something bad to say about Cam, whatever, bro. You shit on this <laughs> man's name. He's emotional, guys. Just, 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 just got to listen. Tony, <laughs> give him hell, man. Greg, you know what it is, man. I'm you gotta listen. Yeah. Look, uh, first, uh, thanks, G Baby, for the call. Uh, we love you. I love you. I love your emotion. I love your passion. And uh, I always say that there's some sort of wisdom that can be found in G Baby's passion, right? Oh, like, yeah. so on the face of it, it sounds like, oh man, like people are like, oh my God, and listen to him. He's so upset and this and that. And he's stepped on my man's foot and stuff like that, you know, is that, but, um, and even you could argue probably that the PJ Walker thing was because it's the two minutes, you know, the two minute drill, maybe, maybe you think of it like that because they did come and bring cam back out, but he is right. Is that Matt roof flinches so easily. He just flinches. Uh, like, uh, and if you think of it in that terminology, um, it is difficult. Uh, the, I want to go to a comment in the chat room. I'm going to ask y'all to be nice to each other in the chat room if you can. Uh, and don't worry, we just you can use foul language on this show. But let's. Uh, my mom told me to keep it clean, so I'm going to try to keep my mouth clean. Y'all be nice to each other. I know we're emotional at this point. Um, this Brian Brian B. Um, uh, says he goes and points to, and we asked, we've kind of dipped our toe in this conversation about Matt Rule not having a quarterback and not having an offensive line. And also pointed out that Cam uh, isn't good, right? Um, now, look, is I will be cautious. We'll caution you, Brian B. Is like saying those words in this podcast. Like, are you're already? It's like coming at our moms. You know what I'm saying? Like the people in the chat, they're gonna get upset when you say Cam ain't good. Um, anyway, people yeah, are gonna we say we're gonna we're gonna say things like this. Is that like what you expect him to do? Again, the Carolina Panthers put him in a situation that's kind of untenable. Right. An unforgiving, an unforgiving situation. And even if he isn't, and especially if he isn't the quarterback that he used to be, how did you think it was going to just all of a sudden miraculously save everything? Right. If he isn't as good as he, you know, at, at his peak or his prime. But I think he's right, too, is that Cam hasn't played great either. Right. Cam hasn't played. Hor- I actually think he's almost played a little bit better today than I expected him to play in some cases. Right. I think he's been willing to take hits, put his head down, put his body on the line. Um, and do some different things. But the offensive line, but I think this comes back to this, is that who then is, who then, who kind of uh, takes, not the blame, but the responsibility for the quarterback and the offensive line not being good at the end of the day? If it's not Matt Rule, who is it? Right, you could say those guys aren't good, and I agree. And I also agree that it's going to be hard uh, for you to succeed in this league without a quarterback and without an offensive line. 
But at the end of the day, who who bears the the onus of that responsibility for them not being good? Because this team has gone from Teddy Bridgewater and then panicked and moved on from Teddy Bridgewater. If anything, um, for someone who was not a Teddy Bridgewater fan, I actually saw the wisdom in sticking with Teddy Bridgewater for another year um, and addressing the quarterback through potentially the draft or, more importantly, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. There's been no attempt to build it either. And while you brought up Isaiah Simmons, Cody, is I want to bring up Tristan Riffs and Makai Becton from last year. Screw, screw Isaiah Simmons. Screw Derek Brown. You know what I'm saying? Like, screw J.C. Horn, not because J.C. Horn's not great. I'm not I'm like, and look, it's, and that's where the wisdom is with this, with G-Baby. G-Baby's hurt. That's why he ain't on the field, not because he's not good, right? He's hurt. That's why J.C. Horn is. And so that doesn't make him a bad player because he got hurt. Injury just happens. It's part of the game. Like, that pick six was part of the game. Game of football. But here's the thing is that Rashawn Slater's right there. Like, why yeah. do we make this so fucking difficult, man? Yeah. Uh, the Panthers. Sorry, Mom. I said the F word. I'm sorry, Mom. The Panthers to the Panthers refuse to build that wall, to build the offensive line. And that is what we've been needing to do for such a long time that even here we are down the road, it's still haunting and plaguing us. I mean, it's football team building malpractice is honestly what it is. And to go back to 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 G Baby, one, let me just say G Baby is black. So for anyone who got offended at the N word, that's not on us, okay? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh number and we two have verified is, it. We have verified it too because a lot yeah. of people said he wasn't for a long but sometimes time. Sometimes people get mad at us, like, nah, that wasn't us, bro. Uh, okay, but then number two, he's mad at CK. And see, uh, you know, G Baby called in one time and thought that, like, I was the GM, that, like, I was I was the one calling shots and fucking, you know, making moves on behalf of the Panthers. So, but you know what it gets down to? When, like, we're, we're all so fed up with this. Yeah. Because we all know that it doesn't have to be like this for many of the reasons that you just mentioned, Tony. We could have drafted Makai Betton. We could have drafted Rashawn Slater. We could have drafted potentially Justin Fields. And that, that one's for later on down the road because we really don't know what Justin is yet as an NFL quarterback. He does have a lot of potential. But then you look at how the quarterback position has been so thoroughly mismanaged. So thoroughly mismanaged from... Uh, you know, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, then to Sam Darnold. Again, it's like it, it, he's like a restoration coach. He wants to be known as a coach that took a player that was down and out and on their luck and, and couldn't do anything from a football perspective and then was able to turn their career around. Well, he did that as a Carolina Panther head coach. It didn't work out. And now we're the ones that are failing because of it and have to bear the brunt of his decisions. So he's making this entire team suffer because of his decision, because of the the things that he is riddling the Carolina Panthers with. I just don't know how it gets better, Tony. And as sad as it is, knowing that our season's over, 
it doesn't benefit us to win one more game this year. Winning a game going forward, like, I'm sorry, we're not sneaking into the playoffs. We're just not. We're not going to be an, uh, what, an eight-loss team in the wild card. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. So now every single game that the Carolina Panthers win this season is only going to hurt us moving forward. Uh, someone mentioned trading back. I think that might be something on the table. Um, and then, Tony, you also mentioned, like, uh, who else would be to blame for this, for the offensive line being so bad, for the quarterback position being so bad? Well, other than David Tepper, Matt Rule is the only constant. He was here last year when Teddy Bridgewater was here. And he was the one who had a heavy sway on the decision to bring Sam Donald here as well. So it, it would be almost unfair for us to go looking for someone else to put blame on when really Matt Rule deserves the blame. And I also think it shows that uh, Joe Brady, he was what we thought he was. He was the fall guy to try and show that he was doing something to save the football. But I think it's reasonable. I think it's reasonable to say that he should be. He, you know, he's going to be the fall guy. I told you guys this was a move of self-preservation. It's like either we all say the, the boat, the lifeboat had too many people in it. And it, you either have to toss somebody overboard or the whole ship goes down. And so Matt Rule could either jump off himself he could toss Joe Brady off or he could all sit there together and all go down together. And arguably there's still too many men on the lifeboat. <laughs> right. I want to go back to Brian B's comment here. Where he says, this is supposed to be. And by the way, he's the one that I guess is the lone fan actually defending kind of Matt rule in a way. Um, he says, this was supposed to be a rebuilding process. You start crying and whining about losing in Matt Rule's second season. So sad. I disagree here, man. Uh, and I don't disagree with it. It was supposed to be rebuilding process. I actually am all for that rebuilding process. I was all for the Carolina Panthers working towards building something more sustainable in the future. But guess who hasn't approached it like that? Matt Rule. Yeah. Right. I mean, is this is that even last year you kind you kind of tried to, you know, you got a little bit too ahead of yourself thinking, oh, man, we're going to go win for the culture. Right. Yo, win for the culture when it comes to that Washington game. All right. So, you know what? I actually felt really good about Matt Rule and his staff after last season. This is the problem. And this is why Matt Rule has come under fire for me, particularly on this podcast, is not because of the the results this season when it comes to wins and losses that actually has zero to do with it. It's because of the ineptitude that we've seen on Sundays. Uh, the, the lack of, I mean, where it's clear where the problems are and they still can't get better, right? Nothing has, nothing has improved. I felt last year, the defense started out sluggish. They got better. So we were talking about how, man, this team is getting better, Right. Matt rules looking more confident down the stretch. This is all indications that this is that they're growing as a staff. Well, this year you saw the offensive line sucked. You saw the quarterback sucked. You saw the you can't stop the run. And none of those things have gotten better. And who are the fingerprints? Darnold. 
Where are the fingerprints from this? Are you saying that Matt Rule didn't have anything with the Darnold trade? Now, here's the other thing. If you are committed to a rebuilding process, which I like, why'd you trade away all our assets? Why, yeah. why is this a, like, we aren't rebuilding. That's the thing. Is like, we're living in the moment, Brian B. That's the problem. Even the Cam Newton, going and getting Cam Newton is living in the moment. Yeah. After losing completely to England, New England, like so, so horrifically, you, I am not convinced that Sam Darnold's really injured. That it's a major injury, and you want to tell me that if 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 I'm the, the one that's whining and crying and panicking, why did they just toss Sam Darnold to the wayside? Do you think he's really going to get a shot to come back and play this season for the Carolina Panthers or ever I again? I wouldn't put it past Matt Rule. Okay. I don't believe it at all. I don't believe that Matt Rule is interested in seeing him play again. He's like, so uh, if there anything is, we did talk with Josh Klein from the Royal Riot this past week, uh, the Riot Report on the beat check. He did say if there's anything good about this staff and this kind of approach is they don't have the sunk cost fallacy where it's like just because we put a lot of things into these people is that they are willing to admit that they screwed up on Sam Darnold and just move on. Um, so maybe that maybe that's the benefit of this. All right, let's go to the next call. You know who the fuck this is, and I got one more fucking thing to say. It's been one. on my mind all fucking game. Jonathan Vilma, you're a fucking bitch. Yeah. Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you and your fucking. You want to fly your little fucking oh nine uh, New Orleans Saints Super Bowl ring on fucking national TV while you want to fucking trash the fucking Carolina Panthers for fucking three and a half hours? Fuck you, you fucking bitch, bro. I fucking hate you, bro. fucking spirit animal. I was <laughs> like, yeah, like, dude, I'm all aboard the fuck Jonathan Vilma train. He was straight up trying to make Cam Newton sound stupid. And again, like, even going back to Brian B in our chat, like, if, if you looked at this football game and you thought that Cam Newton was the issue, like, Cam Newton was the issue in today's football game, dude, I'm sorry, you really don't know what you're looking at when you're looking at football. And that's not saying I disagree. I think he great. was an issue. No, I think listen, he was. I'm not, saying, no, I'm not saying that Cam Newton played great. I'm saying if you look at Cam Newton as the reason why this offense failed today, then I'm saying that you're delusional. And also, people are grading on a scale and they want to throw out the fact that Cam Newton has been with the football team, what, like a, a month now? Maybe that. I mean, you don't really get into a rhythm of the football team in that short amount of time. It's like Cam Newton is not the biggest issue with this offense right now. I'm not saying that he's playing great either, but it's like he's certainly he is an issue, though. You know, it's just Walker. it's sad. Look, is that the off the problems are holistic on offense? 
the problems are, and here is the thing, um, and this probably goes to Brian B a little bit. And sorry, I ain't trying to call you out like specifically, but you were on the positive Matt Rule train. It's like when it's all bad, who does it go back to? Right? It's is that it's the same you know? reason that we had against Joe Brady? Right? I'm I'm gonna I'll I'll be the first to say it. I said that Joe Brady was out because you know when our offense is failing at such a magnitude, it falls back on him. Right. It's yeah. even if even if there is individual people failing, it falls back entirely on our on our offensive coordinator if it's our offense. The problem is it's not just our offense anymore. That's the problem. Like it's yeah. it's more than just our offense. Mistake after mistake. And the yeah. defense, man, cannot stop the run. To so the fact is, is this is that they are saying it on the broadcast. Just run left. Run left. I've never seen teams run left so much in football. Do you remember Ron Rivera said that it's just uh, natural because of the way the handoff is to yeah. better, like a power run to the right is kind of a more natural run fit. And like it, we're talking about teams are doing the unnatural thing against us so effectively. And we had no, ch like we know that they're going to run the ball. Yeah. Right, and this happened in that Miami game. Like it's like, duh, they're gonna run the ball here, and they just do it. Like so, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. It's like this is, this has been a collective failure. But for me, the problem is not the product on the field this year. It's the problem, problems that are that are on the field that are manifesting themselves that show us the problems of the future. When it comes to drafting, when it comes to acquiring players, and how to fix this now. Maybe I am a little wrapped up in the moment and think through free agency and a draft, you can look at how we did kind of turn the defense around in a quick minute. Maybe it's not as hard to think getting two offensive linemen in free agency and uh, getting a guy in the draft. It's just like, why do we wait so long? That's what I want to know. And we are going to have, imagine if we don't pick an offensive lineman in that first pick. If we pick a linebacker, dude, I'm going to fucking blow my brains out. Uh, 252-228-5098. And no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to kill Fire myself. Kill somebody else Fire first. Matt Rule. Fire this entire coaching staff. And as Tepper tells Matt Rule he's fired, give him the finger out while he goes out the door. In all my years, I have never seen a team as poorly coached as the Carolina Panthers. Even in 2001 and 2014-2010, this feels different. Because at least to a certain extent, we had some hope. We were going into an all-season with at least a very, very high pick and hopefully a new coach. And it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. that. And if nothing happens this week, which who knows what's going to happen, they may let him wait till the end of the year before they fire him, if they even do that. Because of all the conflicting reports that even if he goes, you know, loses out, they're still going to keep him. It's just it's incredibly frustrating. And as a Panthers fan, I mean, you saw the stadium. There's no one in there. And, you know, people who have been there said that the stadium had no energy whatsoever. It was It's, it's pathetic. Rule has literally destroyed, and so has Tepper, has destroyed this team's fan base in two years, not even two years. And as a Panthers fan, I'm almost tempted just to boycott this team until rule is fired. Like, I'm not going to watch next year because what exactly is going to change next year? We have no draft picks. We have one draft pick that may go up to six or six. That may, may go as high as six, maybe five. But the teams above us are also really bad. 
So it's just frustrating. I'm hoping that Will gets fired this week. I my heart hopes, but my head feels like Will the temper isn't gonna do a damn thing. And it makes me sick. So anyway guys, uh always love being in this um therapy session. Because the Panthers are bad, y'all. Panthers are really, really bad. Thank you. Later. Keep um thank you for the man. call. Very good call too, is that um you know, is that that is the problem when you look at the draft is that we are the only thing maybe is that we lost to Atlanta. Maybe that will help us in the draft a little bit. They climb, you know, I don't know, but we're not, you can't fall, but so much when the Jags and the jets occupy everything. And then the Eagles get two top 10 picks. It's like, man, we're going to be picking 13. (laughs) You know I mean? Like that is like, uh, we missed our opportunity last year. And that's where my, kind of problem goes guys back to this thinking of this as a rebuild i was entirely prepared to approach this as a rebuild it's sad that the carolina panthers were not prepared to approach this as a rebuild though uh let's go to the next call hey what's up boys this is uh levi big time fan of the podcast thank you very Um, much man i got a sad drive home i'm I'm in charlotte today man i figured I bought a ticket. Maybe my boys could win it at home for us and maybe uh, keep that small window of playoffs open. But, God, man, I was just sad. The stadium was just kind of quiet most of the time. Just the momentum was just never really in our possession, you know. It just just never really went our way between the calls and bad play calling and all. It's just heartbreaking, man. I mean, Panthers fans uh, died, but. You know, I just I don't even know where to go from here. It feels like uh, we're back to square one. But love to get your thoughts on it, man. Much love. Enjoy the podcast. Keep keep doing your thing. Thank you for the support, man. We really appreciate all you guys that are making uh, giving us your time, man. Like I cannot tell you how valuable that is. Is that with all of us so busy in this world, the holidays approaching, um, the fact that you guys are here hanging out with us, listening to us later in the week, it means a lot to me. and, you know, hopefully the Panthers, you know, what they're going to have to just is that, I, and I think they realize this, you know, I mean, it's like this is one of those duh moments here is that like losing does not generate excitement, hope, faith, larger fan bases, right? And for a team that has been criticized as having sort of a fickle fan base, a quiet fan base, a wine and cheese type fan base, one that is, um, you know, kind of fair weatherish. Well, you, you know, you want to change that culture and build that. It starts on the field with winning um, and winning one game, one game, man. Do you know, it feels like it's been an ages since that uh, Arizona game. Uh, that quiet. I bet, I bet you people that have been going to these games all season long feel like it's been ages since they've experienced a game, a winning game there. And um, it's going to be hard to change that culture, get, generate some excitement. Um, as the team fumbles and stumbles. And it's not just the players on the field, folks. I'm talking ownership, front office, um, and the management of the team because it's not even – we don't even get the point towards uh, the future hope at this moment. That's the scary part about this. Let's go to the next call. What's up, C3? Oh, my man, Noah. Have a nice day. Not with the elder. What's up, Noah? I hope y'all have a nice day, but wow. I know Cam did a good job. I know he ran 
um, a touchdown. Um, I, I just don't know what to think about it. I knew that we probably was going to lose the game. Like I said, the other call, like a couple of days ago, um, Atlanta came back for an event. And honestly, I don't know what to think about this still child anymore. Um, Matt Rule is bad. He's horrible. Um, I um, I agree with you. I don't think he's he can be another year. I think he this after this season, he's done. He's probably going to college, but I don't know what to think. Um, have a nice day and uh, keep on it. I want to sponsor this kid's podcast, dude. Uh, <laughs> Noah for head coach. This yeah. kid is awesome, man. Uh, man, you keep pounding too. Noah um, the man. Noah's the man. Is, and man. Noah knows. How about that? Noah knows. Noah knows what's wrong with this football team. He says Matt Rule's probably headed back to college. I wouldn't hey, I, I don't I don't think that's uh that's too far off. I think Noah's on to something, man. All right, next call. Hey guys, so I just came back from that Atlanta game and I know that I am probably preaching to the choir at this point. But <laughs> Here's the thing. At the end of the day, I mean nobody. I mean absolutely nobody is going to be successful until they fix the offensive line. The way that offensive line got pushed around today, the quarterbacks couldn't even do their job properly. And I know people are busting at the quarterbacks trying to figure out how they were fumbling the ball. It's because the, the offensive line was getting pushed into the backfield so bad that guess what? They were getting basically getting trampled over trying to even do a freaking handoff. That is ridiculous. The offensive line is bad. There is nothing that Cam Newton, PJ, Matt Barkley, Sam Donner, any of them can do until they address this offensive line and they address it right. Because Amen. that offensive line is so terrible that I'm even surprised we even scored today. Because that <laughs> offensive line is so freaking bad. It is ridiculous. There is nothing that nobody can do until that offensive line gets fixed. Point blank, period, over and out. So blaming Cam, blaming Sam, any of those guys is just why. I feel sorry for them because they should not have Preach. to play behind them. As Jim Rome says, rack them. Great call there. Great call. And you're right. That's the thing. You're right. And so Fantastic uh, people, call. people are right about Cam Newton not playing well. Uh, but it's like whoever you put behind that line will not play well. Uh, and that actually is maybe the only life-saving thing about Sam Darnold that we might be able to kind of cling on to giving him another shot in, in the Panther uniform is like, who the hell could be good behind this offensive yeah. line? Um, so, uh, great call. Great call. We appreciate that. Hey, guys. It's Joey. Ah, oh, boy. Another loss at home. Another loss at home that I was there for. I'm sorry, Jeff. I didn't think I was going to go to this game, but no one wanted to go, and I'm just, I don't know why I do this to myself. I just told my daddy, sports fan is one hell, being a sports fan is one hell of a drug. <laughs> It'll do some crazy shit to you. So, uh, I'm there at the game, and I mean, Cam, Cam Newton shows his Cam Newtonness. Like, he shows that he, he still has it. I mean, the, the typical Cam we all remember is there, but he still has it. He still can make first downs and get touchdowns with his legs. He still can, you know, he still can do stuff. I mean, he might have some accuracy issues, sure, but 
I mean, what quarterback outside of – I mean, hell, even Tom Brady sometimes. What quarterback outside of, um, like, the top three have that? Or doesn't have accuracy issues? Uh, no one. I mean, you're all going to throw your fair share of shitty passes. But we have the talent on the field, but not on the sideline. Because Matt Rule, he needs to go. He really needs to go. I I think I even heard fire rule chants at the stadium. My dad says I was imagining things getting frustrated because I drank some beers. I am pissed <laughs> at Matt Rule, but I thought I heard from the nosebleeds, fire rule, fire rule. But it's bad. It's so bad. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow. This is the state of Panther fans here. Uh at Mont Sam oh wait, it's Mont Mon Stam Matt. I don't know how it's his long Twitter handle. But he has uh he at coached Matt Rule on Twitter and it says, I'm gonna get wasted every single evening until Matt Rule is fired. The life of my liver depends on Tepper's quick decision. By the way, before we go, I found a fun little stat on Twitter. Uh, this is post-Thanksgiving, first two seasons as Panthers head coach. John Fox went 10-4. and four. Ron Rivera went 8-3. and three. Matt Rule, 1-6. and six. Mm, Yeah. Um, next call. What's up, C3 family? This is James Island Panther. And just want to let y'all know, I didn't even watch this fucking game today. I went four-wheeling. Fuck it. (laughs) Wow. Nice. Next call. Hey, he already knew. He had some foresight. I've been listening to the show for three years, and I've been hearing you guys, especially Cody, making excuses for Cam Newton. He can do no wrong. He's a saver. Get over it, guys. He can't play football anymore. He's not the Cam Newton in his 20s. Ron Rivera, Luke Keith, the Cam Newton era is over. He's not the answer going forward. So even though you guys may have beaten off to his poster in your bedroom at night or whatever you guys got, <laughs> get over it. He cannot make the throws anymore. He could run some, but, you know, he's not as fast or agile as he used to be. We need to move on. Cut the guys. Just get rid of Cam. Move on. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Bye. <laughs> hey, uh, it's like a nice cum shot there by the way uh hey, quit jerking off over camp but keep eating off i mean uh keep my thing is, my, look, nah, my you answer, know what he's right and wrong he's right and wrong my answer is really short i have more evidence to believe that cam newton will do us better than sam darnold I don't, I i'm not beholden, I'm not, I'm okay. not beholden sam darnold and if we're going to go with this mindset that because Sam Darnold costs us $18 million next year, that now we have to build the offensive line around Sam Darnold? No, fuck that, man. Maybe I am a Cam Newton super fan. Maybe he's not as good as he once was. But I'm telling you that he is not the problem with this football team. I think he is a, a problem um, right now. Is that I don't like think his... he's the solution. If that's right. the answer. Like, I don't yeah. think that, like, to, to that point, like, I don't think that he coming in, I don't think he made the team worse. Right. Right. I, I think that he's, he's offering something better to the team than we had before. 
but I also don't see him as being the savior that he once was for the squad either. Like, I think I that agree. I think I said it last year as he was a, uh, you know, when he was a, a Patriot, right? I don't think that Cam Newton is the same Cam Newton. I think you can see it in the way he throws the ball. The ball does not zip. It does not go. It, it, it floats in the air for a lot longer than he ever did. Um, I agree. I think that you know, Cam Newton's best days are behind him. And I hate to say that because, like, you know, the caller said, we all jerked off to him on his poster, right? And, um, and it's so uh, it's, 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 it's irritating. And uh, it's irritating to have to be on this side of things because, you know, we've been such avid defenders of, 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 of Cam Newton that, that like, it's, it's painful because now we have to sit here and live through the, the downfall. And it's, a, and it's a quick one. If you think about it, like the, 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 the playing time of a quarterback should be well past a decade, right? If you're a good quarterback and, and Cam Newton didn't get to experience that. Um, he didn't get to experience the Drew Brees. He didn't get to experience the Peyton Manning or the Tom Brady or the, you know, Philip Rivers or the Eli Manning type uh, career because he wasn't their type of, of career. You know, he wasn't their type of, uh, of, of quarterback. So I think that part is, 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 is the biggest, the hurdle and that's tough, but you know, I agree with the caller. I think Cam Newton's better days are behind him, but he's definitely not the biggest issue we have. Yeah. Caller right on this. I invented a, I invented a towel to jerk off for to Cam with. Like, I mean, like, who else in the world loved him enough to do that? I invented Yo. the Cam Wow. Some people call it Come Wow, like you do. Um, oh, dude, he is. Uh, he's. I, I think uh, CK put it fantastic. There is not the solution. And I tell you, this is. Um, yeah, we have. You know, we defended Cam for so long, and it is kind of our go-to. But we, I, we also didn't ask for him to come back either. I will point that is this is that like if uh, like you want to call up maybe it's time to call Matt Rule and these guys they're the ones that went and got him they're the ones that went and got him and I was concerned I was worried I was worried about this is that um, one I didn't want because Cam is so important to me as a player like as a per like as someone I love so much and so like in the like your favorite football player of all time conversation because he is in that case right there. I wanted him to have some success at the end of his career because I didn't want him to go out as a shell of himself, right? I didn't right. want our last memories of Cam Newton to be associated with him not being a great player because he was such a fantastic player for a good period of time, too. It wasn't just a year or two years of flash in the pan. I mean, it was a ten, a decade-long run of just awesomeness almost, maybe eight years or so. I didn't want that, but now you know what even hurt what would hurt worse is that 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 happens in a Panther jersey too now, and that we contributed to it. And we didn't even you know you put him in a place to where he isn't going to get like it's like more destined for him to finish poorly than it is to finish well. Um, at the same time, I agree um, with what Cody said is that like uh, he is the better option for our team at this moment. With an offensive line that sucks so bad, you actually kind of need a dude like Cam. And the fact is, is that this offense is doing a lot better when you're running the ball with the quarterback and you do the things that Cam did great. And arguably, maybe that was the problem with Joe Brady, even with Sam Darnold. Like, why didn't they do some more of those things with Sam Darnold? You know, I mean, Sam Darnold showed that he can run the ball effectively. Like, you know, you get him in space, he's got some wheels. So why aren't you trying to do some things to negate the horrificness of this offensive line? So good call, bad call. Um, and if you want one of those come wows, you can buy it on the website. 
maybe you can like find can a I happy just, ending yourself. Yeah, I'll just say real quick. Uh, it's like we're talking about a bridge quarterback. It, no one thinks, unless we're going out to get a miraculously innocent Deshaun Watson, which, again, that's a whole other thing due to picks and whatever. We're not talking about that. Unless we went and got a premier quarterback, you're either talking about going with a bridge quarterback or you're talking about drafting a quarterback. Well, if you have a bridge quarterback, it lets you take whatever draft capital you do have and put it towards offensive linemen, which we so desperately need. If you don't go with a bridge quarterback, then you have to draft a quarterback. Because I'm sorry, you are not going into next season with Sam Donald as your starter and convey some type of sense of hope to the Carolina Panthers fan base. You're just or even Robbie Anderson. Did you see somebody put in the chat that Robbie Anderson turned the team against Sam Darnold? I have a guy that told me that he thinks that Robbie Anderson dropped the passes on purpose. I don't mm. think anyone drops passes on purpose, especially when you're trying to like win football games and hit quotas on your contract to make sure that you get paid. My only thing is this. Whether people like it or not, Cam Newton, for the past two seasons in a row, has not had a training camp, has not had OTAs, has not had an ability to fully ingratiate himself to the playbook. And listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sitting here and telling you that Cam Newton is going to be our quarterback for the next five years. No one is saying that. But Cam is still, whether you like it or not, he is our best option going forward. With whatever he has left in him, we do not Gardner Minshew, baby. Than Cam Newton, Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew. Um, the the Panthers have failed to build an offensive line, and regardless, is that the caller who said it too? And I don't know who she was, but she brought the fire. CK said this uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I thought this changed my mind immediately. Like I am not gonna, I don't even care to talk about Cam, Sam Darnold. Any of these fools, right? Draft picks, none of that. I'm tired of until it. the offensive line is somewhat improved, somewhat. Like I mean, like is that is like there's no sense in talking about this. You just get somebody else murdered. You get somebody else set up for failure. You get somebody else. So you know what? Is you miss the boat, folks, and we miss the opportunities. And really, uh, what is strange to me, coming back to it, is why did we sign the fifth year option with Darnold? Why didn't we just make them pay? We thought this is, you know what that told us that the Panthers thought it was going to work. They thought it was going to work. And I think they also thought that it was going to help Sam Darnold have confidence like this. People, uh, these people okay. And that might, I mean, that makes sense. You know, these people okay. believe in me, you know, they, they really, I mean, they're already doing this. I mean, because I think that, you know, I think that it, we've all agreed now at this point, like a lot of Sam Darnold's biggest issues have been psychological, have been self inflicted, right. You know, it's been, him, you know, believing that he's the only person that can get this team back on track or believing that this, you know, is the only way to be able to do it by throwing the ball this in, in, in this situation when in all reality, like it, it wasn't, it's not all on him anymore. And, and he's, he's, again, I, I think that that was, in my opinion, psychological, uh, basically positive reinforcement by the team, but they're mortgaging the team's future in doing so. And that's the part that I, I disagreed with. Like, here's the part, like, here's what's so crazy about this. 
we've been chasing our tail for so long. We were chasing Deshaun Watson. That didn't work out, right? Because he said that we, you know, he, we weren't on the list of people that he wanted to come to. And then you, you talk about us trying to go after Stafford, and we lost that. And then now, because that didn't work out, we went with Sam Darnold. Like, I mean, it just, it feels like we're always playing catch up. And I just, it's, it's, it's irritating. I mean, at this point in time, I don't know how else to put it. It's just irritating. All right, let's go to the next call. Hey, C3, it's me again. Up, you know, I was hearing some cat calls and what y'all was saying about the game. And when those almost saying something, you can't even be mad at the Carolina Panthers no more. All we're going to do is just lose. We probably win probably one, probably, we probably won't win the next two games. I mean, all we is going to lose. You can't be mad at them. You probably can't be mad at them with certain parts, with the GM and stuff, all that, not ruin them. But you can't even be mad at them for it. I mean, we just under we just under a bad staff, and we gonna have to find a way to fix it over this break after this season. Keep pounding. My man's smart. My man is mad smart. He's gonna grow up. He's gonna take over. He's gonna take over this podcast probably. He's probably gonna take over the Panthers. And I'm supporting you, bro. Next call. Man, it's really interesting because I'm low key a little bit happy about that that uh you know we lost to this. Only so far as, you know, that this cruise right here, the mad rule is not the way forward. As a matter of fact, honestly, I think that this should remove all doubt and polarize fan base to the point where people stop showing up, people just stop like taking interest and it causes a noticeable drop in the analytics, you know, quote unquote of traffic, interest, and just intrigue about the team because that's what the management needs to know insofar as we cannot keep doing this old Matt Rule thing. Dude's just not good. Unfortunately, a lot of the ideas that he has in theory could work, but then in execution, just in setting up for the ideas, he's terrible at it. So it's like he can't even stick to his own philosophy or, you know, his thought the way he wants to build a team. And, you know, it's just noticeable. So, I mean, this is my two cents here. Also, I think that, you know, again, you keep Cam, let him groom the next quarterback. Because, again, Cam's been given a lot of raw deals, but he's been in a lot of adversity. And the fact that he's actually not even falling apart to the degree that most quarterbacks would in this situation is something that you can teach a young quarterback. And, I mean, it just means a lot to Charlotte, you know, the whole area. Uh, fantastic call, man. The calls have been way better than the Panthers performance has been. I tell you that, uh, the calls have been a, a, I think some of the best we've had in post game shows, because I think people are really coming to terms with a lot of different things and, and it's really creating a fair evaluation. Um, and then look, is that agreed? Is that like for people who uh, look, I'm ready to be critical is like Cam hasn't played, did not play well in Miami. So he's like, all right, it was just okay today. You know, just okay. But the, you know, the two turnovers make it bad, right? Um, and he probably should have just held on to the ball instead of trying to hand it off still when he fumbled. You know, is that like you just got to take a loss? And we know that that's been probably part of Cam's MO is that he doesn't like to take the loss, you know, and that some of those sacks in his early stint with the Panthers may have been avoidable by throwing it away or, you know, doing some different things, checking it down. Instead, he was always trying to make something happen. But, uh, you know, a win, here's the thing, is that 
a win today would have immediately kind of said, what, imagine if we would have won today, what this conversation would be like, right? You would pivot to this as you say, man, offense under new leadership looked improved, which I, I think it did, to be honest. To be honest, I think the offense did look improved. Yeah. Uh, maybe not um, dra- dramatically, but yeah, right? Um, and then you would say this is now we're in the hunt. And then you would turn over. We would be we'd be talk, taking these calls right now. And we'd turn over and we'd see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are smoking the Buffalo Bills. And we said, man, Buffalo Bills aren't who we thought they were. And man, we could go to Buffalo. Imagine if we pull off a win in Buffalo and catch some momentum. And then we're going to run to the play. You know what? We ain't having those conversations, folks. We ain't having those conversations because right now is that the, like Noah said, you can't even be mad. Can't even be mad. Right. Because you know that they're not supposed to win. Yeah. They're not supposed to win right at this point. Um, and I think that like the caller said, that's kind of bringing this, the, you know, it's accelerating the conclusion we probably need to make about Matt rule. And I want to get, well, last point is this. I want to get that whole his contract is too expensive to get rid of talk. Get that out of here. Because number one is Tepper's made of money. Number two, losing loses you more money than firing Matt Rule would. Right? In traffic, like he said, to the website, the interest level, the game tickets, the popcorn sales. You can make up for his fucking contract by packing that stadium out and selling $12 beers. But you can't, you are going to lose double time by paying him his contract and losing that revenue. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's losing uh, so much right now. He definitely is. To go off of what you're saying, Tony, I like this comment in our chat from Danielle Sarton. Apologies if I mispronounce your name, Danielle. Uh, it's like a bad marriage waiting for kids to go to college before you split. And I felt like that was a good comment because it's like I agree. One, of the, one of the things that I've been saying this year was there's this sense of delaying the inevitable, that you are delaying what is already inevitable, what is going to happen. And I feel like that's how this offensive line has been set up. But frankly, I also feel like that's what our, our head coaching situation is now the more that we continue to try and fit this square peg into a round hole and try and make these things work you're like well okay maybe we're kind of close our defense was okay this year get some uh players on the offensive line maybe upgrade the quarterback position and we'll be okay like those two things are just easy to do over over the case of one offseason but even still, it's like, you know, you're trying to put lipstick on a pig. We already know now the kind of coach that Matt Rule is. And we really don't think that this is going to get any better based off of the evidence that we already have. So, yeah. I don't feel I, like I want to fight for him right now. No. You know, imagine, I mean, there's coaches out there that you think, man, that's not going well for him, but you're kind of rooting for him. Like, I'm not really rooting for him anymore. Yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know how it's got. And I think it's because he's fickle. I think it's because he but he doesn't like. I want him to show some consternation and some toughness and some alphaness. And he's like just a a yes man, like you guys said. All right, next call. I bumped somebody up because they're talking about us. Hey, it's me, C 
Memphis, dog. Let's go, Memphis. Everybody on Cam Newton nuts. <clears throat> Please get off Cam Newton nuts. The offensive line is just it is what it is. You know, uh, I still, you know, I mean, the only reason we even score is probably because of Cam. Shit, even when he fumbled the ball, Pat Affleck stepped on his fucking foot. Then on the interception. They were basically in the same formation. I mean, you know, they had already caught that play on that same drive and everything, you know. I, mean, I just don't know what to say about this, you know. It's just time to fire everybody, man. Clean house, bringing a real goddamn NFL staff for yep. NFL coaches, man, you know. And go on from there and let uh, Cam be the bridge and fix his offensive line in the draft, you know. Go ahead, you know, just go ahead and pick another boss or some linemen in the draft. Well, at least three of them. Something. I don't know, man. But, man, y'all can do nuts, man. All right. I uh, thought I when I read the so transcript, color. I thought it, it was sure going a different way. Damn like button. And make sure you got them subscribe. Hell Dab yeah. Dab on the like button and subscribe to the goddamn show. Goddamn, uh, nah. Peace out. Thank Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, dog. That's the dog. Told you these calls were good right tonight. There. Uh, yeah, be a man. friend, share the show. Uh, let's go. Next call. Hey, uh, I just called in like another, like, this is my second time. Oh, I forgot to say that. Why is it when Cam messes up, Matt fools real quick to bench Cam, but when Sam was messing up, he left him in the game. He left him say, oh, he was going to work it out. I want him to play it out. But when Cam messes up, he's real quick to sub him in and out. Why does Matt Fool yeah. does that? I think that's not very fair. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you are this coach, you want equal between all your players. So it would have been equal for you to left Cam in, even though he threw a pick six. Sam Darnold threw a pick six. You left him in the game. Sam Darnold throws three picks. You left him in the game. But Cam throws Two picks, get him out. Nah, man, he need that's fucked up on so many levels. I'm hoping this though it's because of the two minute drill. The room. There, no one's playing for Matt Rule. DJ Moore doesn't even want to run routes. It looks like it's just like everyone gave up on this man. Once as a coach, once you lose the locker room, you lose the team. I'm... So you might as well just walk out, head back to college, and just. Start over anew and forget that you ever coach for an NFL team. Yeah, as I'm watching the the damn uh, Bucks steamroll folks, uh, just look at that offensive line. They're playing well. Um, so, yep. uh, you know, I mean, so like, as, I think there's truth is, look, as Cam deserves some criticism. As Cam is, uh, and the question is, is bringing Cam back for another year um gonna do is that is like what conversations are we gonna be having then um none of this will matter until the panthers can block and none of it none of it and i just don't know um if matt rule and his staff and are inspiring confidence and if we're having those questions and we think that he's lost the locker room i can i can guarantee you that uh david tepper's thinking about it right whether it's right wrong you know, whether the right decision is sticking with Matt Rule and we're not seeing something, you know, and there's something better behind the scenes that we don't know about, right, is that, like, it's not as bad or it's worse than we think. 
is I tell you is that David Tepper's thinking about it. As he should be. As he should be. Um, Last thing, and it's not long. If you don't believe that Cam Newton should be on the team after this year, then you need to tell us what the alternative is. Don't just say, oh, Cam sucks. You guys are Cam stands. What's the alternative? Is it Sam Darnold? Is that what we're doing? Is it PJ Walker? Is that what we're doing? Like, what, what's on your list of more plausible options at the quarterback position other than Cam Newton? And by the way, make it sound believable. Make it sound believable when you do. Because a, a lot of these, you know, quick fixes that a lot of fans have in mind, dude, it's honestly some Madden bullshit. Like, it's not really going to make us better. Cam may not be the answer that you want, but I'll be damned if he isn't the answer that we have. Give this man an offseason, dude. Build up the football team. Then go get your quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Next call. Hey, guys. It's Joey again. I want to call and talk about a few things. And they both have to do with my rule. Um, I think that the only argument Matt Rule gets for for sticking around a third year is because everyone said, oh, you hired Matt Rule. Okay, cool. Well, just to let you know, he is terrible his first two years. He's absolutely terrible. But then the third year, it's smooth sailing from there. But it's only been three years that we've uh, ever seen him. But at the same time, Sometimes I think that, but then every time I think that and every time I watch a game or I go to a game, Matt Rule shows me why he does not need to be the head coach next year. Uh, Maybe, I don't know, maybe, but see, it's always tough because you have the, you have two very different things about, well, he's, I mean, everyone knows he's terrible for the first two years, even in college, but I mean, I I don't. I would like to have some Temple and Baylor guys on here to tell to help us uh, talk about is he this kind of terrible? And I have another question: Did Marty Herney's talent evaluation skills make Matt Rule not look so bad because he could actually evaluate talent? Mm. And I want I want you to actually answer that question. Anyway, guys. Wow! 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 Joey, uh, jo- you can't yeah. make me. You can't make me. That's a cold hell. If you're trying to get me to say, oh, yeah, well, M- M- Marty Herndon, he really, his talent evaluation really covered up for Matt Rule. And, dude, wow. if he did, we're in hell, bro. Yeah, that's it. then that's even worse. Um, you know, I don't, um, I don't know what the answer is to your question, Joe, Joey. And I'm not... I don't love the three-year argument from people Um, because one is that I think college programs and pro programs are different. Like that's the end. And I'm not, I actually do like the idea of giving a coach an opportunity to execute a vision, right. Rather than firing people at a whim. So I think that I'm actually, I think the stronger argument for giving Matt rule 
a third year would not be referencing his success in college in the third year, but that you hired this person because you believed in them um, and that you um, are not going to just panic at the first sign of trouble. Um, You could point to a strong opening season for Matt Rule some struggles uh, and uh, with uh, based both on what he's done, the personnel decisions. Um, And I would just say that the, like giving this man an opportunity to swim before you just drive the boat off and leave him out in the ocean is probably the best argument. I don't think, but, but the problem I think is with that is that I don't think we see a strong vision and a commitment to it like is that we've heard Matt rule like I said earlier in the show say the right things but he hasn't done those things he talks about doing the process right and then it seems like he panics more than anybody so people are trying to tell me to have patience with someone who's panicking yeah so that's where I think it's tough and I just don't know if the third year thing is um as executable at this moment you could have told me that I agree 100 with people that are saying like, hey, let's not be too quick to fire someone. CK and I've been saying it all season is that it would have been hard pressed for us to create a situation where we felt that Matt Rule was the problem on this team. But right now is that like, how about this is like, let's not just say it's Cam Newton's the problem. No, for sure. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so, um, but agreed. Cam Newton is not, uh, you know, it's just tough, man. Tough, tough, tough uh, division. Next call. Tough titties. You know, you guys brought something really interesting up when it came to team building and a lot of the offensive linemen that were missed on in the draft. Like, to be quite honest, man, this team, as it's built, would be so much better if they just had an offensive line. Now, I'm just talking about, again, Getting a quarterback like Cam Newton, I know a lot of people sit up here and talk and say, oh, you know, you're just a Cam Newton homer or, you know, man, Cam Newton's above reproach to you fans. It's not necessarily that, but it's just, again, you get a quarterback with a unique athletic and physical trait. It's like Cam Newton has shown he can pass the ball. A lot of people sit up here and talk about, oh, he was terrible in New England. But what they never talk about is that the dude had like three or four 300-plus yard passing games Amazon employees at wide receiver. So he can pass from the pocket, but here's the thing. You need a good running game. And the running game starts up front with the offensive line. Matt Rule did not go out and get road graders and people that can just sit up here and maul you at the point of attack for an offensive line. That is so that's such an inconsistent build for a team. It's like if you have a run game where you've got one bruising back, a quarterback like Cam Newton, a mauling offensive line and decent wide receivers, not even amazing, which, you know, arguably we got decent wide receivers. You can win a lot of games. Look at New England, bro. They just destroyed Buffalo because they have one of the best run grading offensive lines. Now you look at their pass, um, their pass offense. A lot of those guys are short. They get beat by longer defensive ends. They're not amazing pass blockers, but they were the best running offensive line ever. And what it did was it forced you to have a lot heavier personnel on the field, put guys into the box, and it creates easier reads for a quarterback, especially a quarterback that does not, you know, know the offense well enough to understand, like, who's going to be open where, what routes are here, what concept, you know, where are we aiming for the concept, where's the auxiliary if that fails. Like, that's what Cam Newton is right now. He doesn't understand the offense. He doesn't know intrinsically what routes are going to be there. So it's easier to create single reads and create situations where he can see guys open 
and just put the ball there if you have a good run game. Christian McCaffrey, he's not a run-between-the-tackles kind of back. You need another complimentary back. And Chubba Hubbard is like a poor man's Christian McCaffrey. So I don't understand what Matt Rule's approach is. And I think you guys are dead honest with that. Like, we should have been – like, Carolina should have gotten Najee Harris. They should have got somebody like that. They should, there are so many ways to build this team that he just failed on. Yes. That is the truth. Great call. Again, Fantastic. I think the best calls – Best calls of uh, the season in the postgame show. And that's the real problem with uh, Matt Rule here is that uh, and and we can't even put this on Fitterer because he's so new to the organization. But is that it's just clear that the Panthers like it was kind of clear when uh, or at least we thought with Matt Rule that he said, man, our defense is old and slow. And that's the reason why we're not going to be good. So it's like we got to drastically get young and athletic on defense. Well, you did that in a year and it kind of worked, but at the same time, you could have looked at our team and said the offensive line is cruddy and we got to get better at that quickly. And we excused him last year because the defensive commitment seemed to revitalize everything, but it's been two years where there's no commitment to the offensive line. And he's right. It's these a soft ass offensive lineman too. They aren't even good at one, th- at least some of the past bad offensive lines for the Carolina Panthers could run block, but this is where the plan and the vision of M- Matt Rule is not endearing, because you heard that Joe Bra- that is like there's a disconnect between him and Joe Brady about the balance of the offense, right? About uh, not running the ball enough, but we don't have the personnel to run the ball either. You know, like we don't have good run blocking, and the- and Christian McCaffrey has covered this up so much for us because he's able to, he's so good that he was able to run the ball even when the blocks weren't there. But this block, this offensive line is not, it's this offensive line is so bad. It got uh, Sam Darnold. It got Sam Darnold killed or probably never playing again. It got Joe Brady fired. It got Matt. It got Cam Newton uh, under the microscope again for Panther fans. And it's going to get Matt Rule fired. That's how bad the offensive line is. Yeah. So, real quick, shout out to Ernie Hardy for a $5 super sticker. That's new. Oh, nice. I, didn't even, I didn't even know you, you can could give do that. stickers in, uh, in YouTube. It's pretty cool. Thank you very that, much. That's cool. Thank you so much, Ernie. Um, and then, I mean, listen, that caller hit the nail on the head, man. I mean, every wrong move has been made uh, under Matt Rule's tenure. And then if you, you know, if you look at, you know, even what you were saying, Tony, about, you know, how many times we've kind of passed the offensive line down the road. Oh, we'll do it next year. Oh, we'll do it next year. And it really goes down to philosophy. If you do not know how to properly build your team from scratch and where the most important positions are, then yeah, you shouldn't expect a a continuously successful football team as time goes on. I mean, if if you don't have an offensive line, it limits everything that you can do with your offense. So yeah, I mean, we've made a lot of dumb decisions, and I think that really it's it's time to move on from Matt Rule. I mean, a lot we of didn't draft a single lineman last in last year's draft. I mean, like the, in Matt Rule's first draft, not a single offensive yeah, player. Right? Oh, yeah. And then on top of that, this year 
we drafted two skill position players before a lineman, an offensive lineman. And it's like, it's kind of crazy to think that these people are distracted by the shiny toy so much, right? Is that, um, and Terrence Marshall Jr., I'm going to get, I'm, I think this pick, whether or not he, t- he better turn out to be the greatest damn wide receiver in the history of football. He better be awesome, man, because we really, if, even if you thought, man, that our deep, our secondary needed the piece of J.C. Horn, well, then you know what? We need an offensive lineman in the second round. That's what we just needed. And you know what is a lot of people didn't even think that Terrace Marshall, did, like he could have gone later maybe. Potentially. I don't know. All the Potentially, trading back sure. and this and that and accumulating picks. Here's the thing, and this is I'm not even ready to give a fitter a credit. He squandered all the capital that he gained in the trading back. Like, yeah, he might as well not have even done all that shit. The first two moves that Federer made on opening day of free agency was to bring in Cam Irving and Pat Elfley. Which I think probably showed the kind of the thinness of the offensive line free agency class. But again, if that's what it is, then you should know it should be more important in the draft, right? If there ain't a lot of players out there in free agency, then that makes them more important in the draft. Yeah, they thought that that would be the band-aid, that that would be the be-all, fix-all. And my Man, I've seen here. our fucking front office do this all the way, and I used to think it was just because we had Cam we could get away with the shit. But I have seen this offense, this front office continue to band-aid the pro- Look, the best year we had was with a band-aid itself and Michael Orr. People thought Michael Orr was done. And he came back and had a research career, like had a one season where he was like back at the top of the mountain. But people remember he went from Baltimore, then he went to Tennessee and he struggled with injury or toe or something like that. And he had problems and people thought he was a bum after he took the money in Tennessee. And, you know, he had a research, but that even that was a bandaid. It was just, you got lucky and that was cool. But like, we have not committed any assets, any capital, excuse me. We have not created commit any capital to the offensive line so fuck it man i'm with ck man until we fix that nothing's gonna be nothing's gonna change Um, yeah what i said is i'm tired of hearing anything about quarterbacks i am tired of having to make excuses for quarterbacks because our offensive line plays horrible i'm tired of making excuses period yeah we we have talked about it for a decade it feels like as panthers fans yep we need an offensive line that is what, if you look at successful squads, that is the difference maker. They have offensive, they have an offensive squad, they have an offensive line. They sometimes have a squad that can that can protect the quarterback. And we haven't had that. Um, and until we get that, we're not going to be considered a serious contender. Uh, and 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 it's not just like we can we might be able to find a year where we we get some free agents, maybe one year we are able to make something happen, make the offensive line, you know, actually really good. But we need to build a squad that we're going to be able to have consistency with, and we haven't had it in a long time. Fantastic points tonight. Two last calls. Hey, guys. It's Joey again. Sorry to bother or call for a third time on the post game, but, I mean. <laughs> Danielle I is on I fire. I heard, uh, this is fun. It's made me laugh. I was watching uh, something. I was scrolling down uh, WCNC Charlotte's YouTube channel. And uh, they had a clip about news announcing that Joe Brady was gone. And I think the like the anchor, I think she might have accidentally slipped up and asked about like 
is rat rule safe? Like, I think she might have accidentally called Matt Rule rat rule. And I was like, there you go, honey. Don't apologize for this one because he sucks. He needs to rat go. He's a vermin. He is a pest to this team. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Dude, the calls, the comments. I love this. Uh, this will, first of all, the laundry guy in here. Your brother. Uh, said, my brother, my brother from another mother said, uh, actually from the same mother, probably, uh, not even I can clean this up. Where's the vodka? Um, and I like this one from Danielle. Who, by the way, Danielle, I, I don't know if you've listened to the show before, but thanks. You've been a great contribu- contributor already. So we hope to, to see you back. But uh, when she said, Bring back Steve Smith to punch rule in the face every time he does something dumb. That's worth ten million dollars in a draft pick right there. I laughed. Uh, I laughed for that mess right away. So man, we appreciate it. All right, last call, and then we'll give out some game ball dab on them picks and some things. So you'll be thinking about what we still got to do that. Yep. Hey guys, here's here's my question. I keep hearing everybody talk about. Um, Cam Sam is not the answer, whatever. We know that, right? We know that Cam is not the answer long term. But with the actual issues that we have in terms of money, we guarantee Sam $18 million for next year. We don't have enough money. We have 25 free agents, and we have very little draft capital. Who's our best option for next year if it isn't Amen. Cam Newton? That's my Thanks, answer. you. I got Thank the you, answer. Shalika. By the way, I, her, her name is Shalika. She, she bounces, yeah, she bounces around to a few different chats. Shout out to Shalika. That is exactly what I am trying to say. Like, I'm not trying to make up for Cam Newton's inadequacies. I'm not saying that he didn't have his bad plays. But to everyone that's, like, shitting on Cam Newton, like he was the reason that we lost today, dude, that, that's not it. He's playing behind a, a grading curve here. Like, give Cam an opportunity to have an offseason and an offensive line that isn't giving up a pressure uh, in like a half of a second. Give Cam an opportunity to be successful because our coaches don't put players in positions to be successful. They just don't. Uh, all right, so is uh, the, the money is the biggest problem here, right? Again, is that for people who are saying defending Cam or this and that, the real thing is with the been the decision making with this front office about the quarter. They have swung three times, maybe four if we count the pitches right, and struck out. Right? They've struck out on quarterback to the fact that we've we we're back to where we started with Cam, which is the irony of all of this. Right. Um, but what do you do now? Is cause Darnold's getting paid no matter what. At this point, the coaching staff has not exhibited confidence in him. Right. They've already given up on him to this point. So, like, imagine them coming out and trying to say, Sam, you got another chance with us. So he might be on the roster and maybe competing, but you're going to have to have somebody else as well. And who is that person? Are they a person that's going to come out of the draft? Well, uh, some people think it's the picket kid from Pittsburgh. So if maybe miraculously somebody like him maybe falls to you in the draft, maybe you overspend for it. And we missed our opportunity last year to do this, you know, when the fucking QB class was the best we've seen in a long time. Now it's a thin class. So the draft doesn't even seem like a great answer either. 
Uh, it might be, but you're going to have to give that first round pick for it. And guess what? Then you're not getting any offensive line help. You have to do it all through free yeah. agency. So that's a problem. So you're really going to have to draft offensive line with that first pick, trade back, maybe get two offensive linemen with those two picks you trade back. You have to trade a lot. The I guess the answers could be Deshaun Watson, mortgage the entire future. You could do that. Um, Cam Newton, right? I mean, it's not the worst option, but it's not a solution. Like CK said, it's just like, man, we don't have another option. And Cam might give us a discount because he likes Carolina. He's trying to save his save his own reputation. Um, or Gardner Minshew, baby, Minshew magic. I mean, that's one. I mean, it's not. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be awesome, but I mean, like, yeah, that is, that's just as good as going. You know. Awesome. I'm not saying it would be awesome. I'm saying this is that like, that's about, that would be better than Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. But I don't think it's better than Cam Newton. What about if uh, maybe uh three, three team trade and we get Tua, yeah, and they get, it. and they get Deshaun. I mean, I don't know. Like we're talking about an actual body out there. I'm not saying fixing it in the moment, but who is the body that will be in the Jersey for the Panthers or imagine and this is actually would be the least surprising shit in the world. Teddy Bridgewater comes back, a return. <laughs> Please God, no, that wouldn't even work, bro. Dude, God, they got what they said that it was Joe Brady and him that had an impasse. Now Joe Brady's gone. Imagine this is this is what this fucking team would do to us. We go and get pass on picket and go get Teddy Bridgewater for a five year deal. Good God. All right. Um, that's all the calls for tonight. That's a good question. We'll debate that take. We'll debate my take this week. We'll debate who should, why. Um, I'm going to take the Gardner Minshew. You can go ahead and prep. I'll take Gardner. You take Cam. Uh, we'll debate that. Um, we got some cool stuff. We've been doing some good stuff on debate my take and the beat check. And on Tuesday nights, we got a great show that's been rocking and rolling for years. Um, longest running Panthers podcast on the internet. Um, and it's because y'all keep hanging out with us on Sundays, Tuesdays, and now Wednesdays and Fridays as well. Try to keep bringing you as much content as we can. Um, all right, let's give, uh, let's do this. Our dab on a pick of the week. Um, and this is, and I don't have the music pulled up, so we'll just go for it. Dab on a pick of the week. Uh, your, your player, your moment, whatever you want. That is the positive that comes out of the day. I am going to give mine to Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Brain. And you know what? Because I feel like he's the only one who deserves it. Zane Gonzalez. You know, it's not like he did anything special today. But in a, in a day and age where the Carolina Panthers are one week beating the number one seed Arizona Cardinals, and the very next week, absolutely shitting the bed against the Miami Dolphins, Zane Gonzalez has been a shining beacon of consistency in the Panthers organization. So I really do think that he uh, he deserves some love, especially considering how much we were really down on that position earlier this year, man, from Joey Sly to Ryan Santoso. I mean, we've been through the gauntlet at the kicker position. Um, frankly, I don't want to give anybody else any props. I don't think anyone on this team um, truly, truly deserves 
some big time congratulations. CK? Um, such a hard, like, here's the thing is like, I've done this before and it's, it's just like, it's, it's so hard to like, I hate when we have these games where it's really difficult to find somebody on the Carolina Panthers to give props to, like, it's really tough. Um, because I mean, every, I mean, even from the defense, I mean, from, yeah, I mean, who even stood out? Yeah. Like nobody got really, you know, I mean, Hassan Reddick dab on him because you drew a holding penalty because of the, there towards the end where we were able to, but we still weren't able to capitalize because they got a third and 13 and converted it. You know, you could do so, Jeff Nixon. You could do Jeff Nixon. No, I don't feel one. like, I, I don't think Jeff Nixon is like, I don't think he's, he was great today either. Like, I mean, I don't think he was like the problem, like we talk about, but I mean, just honestly, all together, the Falcons, man, you know, actually, how about this? Uh, dab on them Falcons because they just gave us a better draft pick and they're not doing anything with their their position this year either. So doesn't even really matter what they did, but they still came out and tried to do something uh, significant and uh, and they beat us and now we have a better draft pick. So dab on them guys. My dab on a pick goes to the videography of Fox who really went heavy on the Madden look thing, you know, where they do the blurred background. Mm-hmm. And the rotating around on the ground on the field level yeah. for the close-ups is that uh, it looked like at one point and and by the way Cam Newton is still so chiseled and cut and all of this he looked like I, at one point I thought I was they were actually showing clips from Madden <laughs> like uh, so that videography I like that I'll dab on that I'll start off with my towel of shame actually I had it now I lost it. You guys go. Who's uh, who's up for you? So my towel of shame. Towel. This is Cam Newton homage. Uh, yeah, my towel of shame. It can go to a lot of different players on this football team, but um, I'm gonna give the towel of shame to. <clears throat> I'm going to say our linebacking core. Uh, and, and you know what? I'll even hone in more specifically. I'll say uh, t- uh, number four, Jermaine Carter Jr. I, I think he's he's a good football player, but I don't think he is a long-term answer at inside linebacker. Um, yeah, I, I really, really think that our linebacking core needs uh, a lot of improvement. And I think it starts on the inside, too, especially – if we're going to continue to be a base 4-3, which, again, we try and do both, but, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Jermaine Carter Jr. Um, Danielle has a good one. Phil Snow on third and 13 for playing soft coverage. Talent shame and a blanket. Um, CK, you got one? I mean, talent shame? Um, uh, yeah, Jonathan Vilma. Fuck you! Okay. You were a garbage yeah. commentator today. Probably the, one of the like. I mean, I think we all can kind of be biased when it comes to commentators. We feel like they're not really being fair, and I think both sides normally see that. It was abundantly clear how much more he loved the Atlanta Falcons over top of the Carolina Panthers today, and not even that. How much he really dislikes Cam Newton. 
Like he does not like yeah, Cam. He's Newton. probably been made a fool by Cam a couple of times. Yeah, I think there is an old clip someone showed of Vilma getting blown the fuck up by a panther or something like that, and it was like, uh, and they put this up as like why he hates us. And when he did the coverage in the last Falcons game, I think that somebody put that up. My tale of shame goes to the guy that did the that was running the medical tent that blasted DJ Moore in the oh. head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. Good wait, on wait, wait. Yes. I've, I've, I've got that. Hang on. Yes. I mean, and DJ looks hurt after this. Like, it, it looked like, oh, man, he was just annoyed. <coughs> he, <coughs> he, I mean, look, he took, like, put his eye out or something. Let's see. You got it? Yeah, I got I was it. See, like, I mean, look at his. Did you see it? You didn't see it, CK? I did. I saw it. Oh, okay. So look, DJ Moore is going into the medical tent. He is slow getting in there. Boom! Damn. Oh, that's gonna hurt. Uh dude, is there not a better metaphor for the Panthers right now? Don't be ourselves, right? Don't oh, I know. don't uh, don't uh, hurt ourselves. You mean? Fuck, man. It was uh, and this was God. What was I was watching something else the other day, and it was like the trainer doesn't even care. You know, <laughs> it was just like they don't even give a shit. It's like this is how yeah, bad they're not. Even... He looks and sees it. He's like, um, no, whatever, man. How you are? Oh, you know, all right? big game here, Buffalo. Yeah, down, man. Uh, Buffalo down three. Buffalo's trying to make it a game, man. All right, that is the C3 Panthers post-game show. My name's Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. You can call in for Tuesday's night show at 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Shout out to Sarah Taylor and Roosevelt Mungo specifically uh, for their crazy generosity tonight, uh, as well as Nirvash. And there was a couple of other ones. Uh, but look, it's a, we thank you. I thank you for your time and your support, folks. We're going to lock arms. We're going to get through this. Tuesday night, we'll be here for the C3 Panthers podcast. Wednesday night, debate my take. I got a good intro music for us now. Uh, it's kind of, I thought it was, I thought I did an all right job with it on the fly. Uh, it's very good. I've heard uh, it. It's very good. Cody, uh, how can they get after you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, I'll be tweeting hashtag fire Matt rule throughout the week because it needs to happen, dude. Um, you can find my written work on drafttech.com where I'm the analyst for the Carolina Panthers. And um, every Friday at 7 p.m., you can join me on this channel for the Friday free-for-all. You can come on camera. You can come in here get your voice on the podcast and make your opinion known. You know, cat calls, you're able to call in and leave a message. Well, the Friday free-for-all, you can interact yourself. Come and tell us what you think about this Panthers, about this football team. We've been having a blast, Tony Dunn. I got my Friday free-for-all crew. We roll deep. I'm loving it, man. It's a fun time. CK, I saw you streaming a new game now. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it was Icarus. It's not like my main game, like care the the new map to Call of Duty uh, released, and they had a bunch of bugs and stuff. So I'm gonna give it a a little bit of time before I even try it out. Um, but uh, yeah, you guys can find me if you guys are interested in uh and in, in watching any streams. Come check me out on Facebook Gaming Codizzle underscore Allen. Um, and uh, you know I remember. Do you guys remember like I was having a struggle getting to a hundred followers on Twitter? 
I've finally eclipsed that. Now I'm over 500. Thanks to everybody here on this, uh, on the podcast, on the show who listen. So I do appreciate you guys. If you want to follow me over there, it's at Codizzle Allen. And, uh, you know, hey, we'll, uh, we'll continue to grieve uh, as, as, a, as a family, as a Panthers family, as a, as a C3 Panthers fa- family. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's get, get good for next year. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're getting our heads right, folks. We're getting our heads right and our livers wrong. Um, we'll see you Tuesday. Take us out of here, Cody. Until next time, Panther Nation. Keep pounding. Keep pounding.